Blog Talk Radio. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our heads in worship as we praise your holy name. You deserve the glory and the honor. Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we bless your holy name. You deserve, you deserve the glory and the honor. And the honor. Lord, we love, we say, Lord, we lift our hands in worship as we praise your holy
faithful God. Awesome is your name. You do mighty things. You do glory. You're the faithful God. Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working God. Your name is Your name is Yahweh. Your name is Yahweh. You're a miracle working God. Your name is You want to declare it. Your name, your name, your name is Lord, we are so grateful for your love, your mercy that endure forever. You are so good, God. You are so great, God. Mighty Jesus, mighty Yeshua, mighty Jehoshua, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Yeshua, for your love, for your mercy that endure forever. Amen, sister. Thank you. Well, shalom, shalom, my brother, my sister. Welcome to the Lord Yahweh, another uh, Tuesday night Bible study. By the mercy of God, we are allowed, hallelujah, to be here. We pray for those, Lord, that are lagging in. Lord Jesus, touch the heart. Help your people to lag in tonight. Send billions and trillions of warriors, angel, archangel, sheriff, Lord, Lord, protect us to keep us. Break the plan of the enemy. Keep us, Lord. Under the shadow of the Almighty, be our shield, Lord. Be your protector, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Mighty Lord, help me to speak your message, your revelation. Mighty Lord, mighty Yeshua. In Jesus' name we thank you, Lord, for your love, for your mercy, because your word is truth. Hallelujah. Your word comes to pass, Lord, ever 
and ever and forever. Hallelujah, Lord. We can always trust what your word says, Lord Jesus. And we pray, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise to God. The Bible says in Genesis 6, uh, 7, 11, that on the 600 years of North life, on the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on the day that all the sources of the vast watery depths burst open, the flood gates of the sky were open, and the rain fell upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And on the same day, Noah and his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, entered the ark along with Noah's wife and his three sons' wife. They entered with all with the Hallelujah. But the wildlife, according to all the kinds, all livestock, according to the kind, all the creatures that crawl on the earth, according to the kind, every flying creature, all the birds and every winged creature, according to their kind, two of every creature that have the breath of life. And it came to Noah and into the ark. Those that, those that entered the ark were male and female of every creature, entered just as God commanded him, then the Lord shot him in. Male and female were each. Everything that God had made from the beginning has been in order. God is the God of order, not of disorder. The enemy is the one that brings disorder out of order. And he wants us to believe that disorder is okay. My brother and sisters. They're living a life in sin, in disobedience, gay and homosexual life, abortion life, it's okay. That is a life of disorder. Male and female, God made them. And when God orders Noah to bring them into the ark, he ordered that they be male and female. According to the kind, because there was a mix back in the times of Noah, in the times of Lot, and Jesus said that as it was in the days of Noah and the days of Lot, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. And this is why in this time there's such a great disorder on the earth, gays and lesbian, homosexual, sister everywhere, and abortion everywhere, total chaos and disorder on this earth because of sin and disobedience. God don't want us to behave this way and live this way. God's plan for us is perfect. In his perfect timing, in his perfect, hallelujah, order, everything works for the best of them that love him. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. So in the times that Noah, God tells Noah to bring them by peer into the ark, according to the kind. If the kind was to be mixed, they could not come into the into the into the ark. That's why God was very specific with Noah. It has to be male and female according to their kind. When you miss the DNA of fallen angel, we're human at that very moment. It changes everything and it's not according to their kind. 
when humanity took the vaccine, COVID-19 vaccine, which had the blood of fallen angel, and they got the vaccine injected into their lives, even ordered by the governments, it changes the order according to their kind. Because each family that is on the earth that is of God is according to its kind. But in the moment blood of fallen angel is injected in the body through a vaccine that's supposed to protect them, two weeks ago, for some reason, I had to go out. And it was something that God put in me to do. And I saw a woman that was vaccinated, a white woman, who, because of the vaccine, most of her body was black, pitch black. This is a side effect of the vaccine, my brother insisted, that back in the end of, I would say in the beginning of 2021, I believe it was still in 2020, when the Lord gave me that great vision, when he showed me that years after the vaccine, they were going to find out about the side effect that people will begin to, to be having, will come about on their body. And the Lord showed me Jesus came in that revelation and took me into the years to come, I would say months to come, years, and showed me this side effect that I see today in so many videos online and family. Now seeing this white woman, skin black, black, as pitch black, as a side effect of the vaccine. It was exactly what the Lord has shown me that we were going to see, that we were going to experience their baby being born in the hospital. After the mother being pregnant, have taken the COVID-19 vaccine, the baby is born, white parents' baby, Black, black. You can see the side effect. There are videos online about this. My brother insisted. It is a terrible, horrible side effect that medically cannot be explained. Or it may or it can be explained, but they don't care to explain it. Pfizer, Moderna, none of the vaccine company can be so this. They cannot bring suit in court for them. Their lawyer looking into loophole to sue these companies, but they cannot. They have protected themselves. In 18, 19 months, by seeing kids without the study that they usually do, that is up to 20 years, could have not been any good. It doesn't matter how advanced science it is. My brother and sister, it's just not, it's not fixable. It's not workable. It did not, was not supposed to be this way. But the side effects that people are going through, the families are going through, I have people write to me that some of the family members are going through a having really horrible side effects. I will call those side effects beastly, Nephilim side effects in some of the family. It's, it's, it's the only word that can describe, Shalom Sister Luna, what these families are going through. My brother and my sister. Now, for the last two past two weeks, the Lord has given me three revelations of judgment, which I'm going to share tonight. But I have to go into the Word of God first and then share the revelation. Some are very strong. My brother insisted it might, it might be too strong for some of the children. 
Uh, if you have children next to you, uh, you may. I want. I want to warn you because some of the images I'm going to share that the Lord showed me are very, very strong. But it's true. It is a fact of the matter of the things that are going to be coming to pass months from now. I don't know how many months. No man know the day and hour. Day and hour was not revealed to me, but months. My brother insisted for these things to come from the time we're here. The Lord had confirmed to other people the judgment is practically here. Some people can discern the judgment and the spirit. My brother insisted they're going to be strong. They're going to be hard for the humanity. As the great sin is, so will the judgment also be. My brother insisted. Hallelujah. Genesis 5 says that when the Lord saw that the human wickedness was widespread on the earth, this is from the um, Christian Standard Bible, widespread on the earth, that every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time. The King James says continuously, continuously is the word in the King James. Evil was on their mind continuously. My brother and sister, all the time is a more modern word. It just kept, people kept thinking about evil. And this is when we have to even rebuke this thought in our mind. Supposed to have the mind of Christ. We cannot be behaving and thinking this way. My brother and my sister, we got to be thinking like Christ. Pure thoughts. Thinking of the things above us, Paul said, Shalom, sister Regina. Very, very important. That it's all about Christ, it's all about Jesus. My brother and sister, nothing else. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise to God. Exodus 6, 6. Therefore, tell the Israelites that I am the Lord, and that I will bring you out from the force of labor out of the Egyptians, rescue you from slavery to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm in great act of judgment. I believe we are similar to when the children of Israel in this time were similar. Thank you, sister. Oh, about the same when the children of Israel were in Egypt enslaved. I believe the church is in a similar situation today. Yeah, we're not being beaten like they are. Literally, psychologically and emotionally, we are. Some people can say, can tell you how people are threatening with words. And there's a psychological oppression, emotional oppression, constantly that the enemy is using against us, my brother and sisters, similar to what the children of Israel was going through. See, if you think about the children of Israel were not just being beaten, and they were being threatened. And that is a worse psychological Hallelujah. Effect, because a lot of people, when they feel so threatened against the corner, although they may not be physically, they take upon their life. They kill themselves. Marvel insisted. So that works for the enemy. That works for the enemy. Okay? So this psychological, emotional pressure that's going on is for people to make the wrong decision. Jesus said that the peace is given he doesn't give it like the word gives it. My brother insisted. 
It is a peace that the Lord gives you that will help you make right decisions, that will help you stay right standing with God, that will keep you on the right path, the narrow way with him. You'll make right decisions, decisions to pray, to fast, to consecrate yourself before God. And you see that people, when they are so oppressed, hallelujah, they, they don't think about fasting and praying and being in the Word only. They think about other things, sins, drugs, alcohol. You see? They, think, they, they go left instead of going right with God. Get them right with God. They go left. Hallelujah. The easy way. Some people say they take. Hallelujah. The Lord says to Moses in Exodus 7, for Pharaoh will not listen to you. But I will put my hand onto Egypt and bring the military division of my people, the Israelites, out of the land of Egypt by the great act of judgment. God knows that the enemies are enemies. Our governments, our leaders, the Hagam wrong, left, are not going to listen to us anymore. They are actually rejecting the gospel. That is a sign that they're not going to listen to us anymore. That they had enough with the church. That they had enough with the preaching of the cross in the last days. God can see from heaven the behavior of our leader, of our nation, of our people. The heathen, our neighbors, they don't want to listen to us anymore. Pharaoh will not listen to you. I remember the Lord, on one occasion, I was speaking with the Lord in my overnight prayer, remember? And I, and I said, Lord, they're not listening to me anymore. And the Lord says, I know. They're not listening to you, he says. That's how in a hard time speaking to people. And I was being rejected. And I said, Lord, they're not listening to me. The Lord said, yes, they're not listening to you. Jesus said, he knows the heart of people, the heart of men. That you're, you're trying to lead them right, but there is an oppression psychologically and emotionally that the enemy is using to lead them left. My brother and sister, away from the narrow way. My brother and sister, Pharaoh will not listen to you. God says to Moses, if Moses was one of the people that I call wise guy, he would have said probably to God, oh, I know, God, I know. It's giving me a headache all the time I'm talking to him. He's not listening. But Moses was a very humble man of God. Okay? Pharaoh will not listen to you. So people will say, tell me something I don't know, Lord. I'm dealing with this guy every day I'm talking to him and he's totally ignoring me Pharaoh will not listen to him but I will put my hand into Egyptians and this is what it's going to take 14 years ago in Massachusetts I remember the Lord revealed this to me in the mighty revelation of Jesus I saw the Lord's judgment come upon America it was a mighty earthquake that shook the entire United States and after most of their home were destroyed, I saw people coming on their knees everywhere where they were standing. They will be cutting grass in the backyard, grilling, whatever they will be doing. I saw people kneeling 
going on their knees before God, crying to God. They knew this judgment was from God. Last week, in a similar matter, after the Lord showed me judgment coming upon America and saw destruction everywhere, the dream was so strong that I said, Lord, I remember coming out of that dream, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before. And immediately when I went to YouTube, the sister came out, hallelujah, and said that an EMP from Russia had hit America in her dream. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, will you confirm to me if I said the EMP, what's going to cause this judgment to show me? Then the Lord took me in the spirit in the month ahead. And Jesus says to me that this judgment coming up is not an EMP. The EMP is coming later. But they said this judgment will not be an EMP. This will be a judgment from God, he says to me, very clear, very specific. And the people will know the judgment is from God, he also says to me. And I was standing months from where we are now in that mighty confirmation of Jesus. Looking back to where we are now. And I knew in the spirit, very clear, looking back, that it was months from now. How many months specifically? No. I don't know. But one thing I'm going to say, because I have said this before about time, like when I saw that judgment coming in December, I remember. But then, you know, the Lord had asked Father for more time. And, and mercy, which is Jesus, will always triumph over judgment. Mercy will triumph over judgment, the Word of God says. So the Lord was asking Father for more time. I remember that time. Father says to me, in the, in the last of 2022, December, the last, third week of December, when Father and the Lord came to me in the Revelation, I heard Father saying to me, while Jesus was there listening, no more time I will grant, Father says. No more time will be granted, he said to me. And then he showed me that when he spoke to me about people that should have been up here, hallelujah, that the Lord has spoken, then Jesus spoke to me and said, I have spoken to many that come up here, but they have not listened to me. That's what Jesus said. There should have been more people up here with us, the Lord says. But the Lord says they have not listened to him. That's on the Lord's hand. That's not in my hand, the Lord's hand. The Lord work with those people that are not listening to him. Disobedient. My brother and sister, it's a great sin. I hope God will continue to work in people's life and hearts. A matter of God supplying them for them to move, that has not been a problem. I had confirmation for people that God had provided them with what they needed to move, and some had decided not to move. It's a decision of disobedience that they're making. Disobedience, my brother and sister, there's no guarantee. I learned this over the years. There's no guarantee in disobedience. Many have perished in disobedience, my brother and sister. My Lord, my God. Thank you, Lord. Let me go back to the word here. Hallelujah. The flood continued for 40 days and, and for, hallelujah, 40 days on the earth. 
The water increased and lifted up the ark so that it rose above the earth. The water surged and increased greatly on the earth. The ark floated on the surface of the water. Then the water surged even higher on the earth. And all the high mountain under the whole sky were covered. Mountains were covered as the water surged above them more than 20 feet. Every creature, creature perished. Those that crow on the earth, birth, livestock, wildlife, and those that swarm over the earth, as well as all mankind. Everything with the breath of the spirit of life in an astral, everything on the dry land died. He wiped out every living thing that was on the face of the earth, from mankind to livestock to creature, the crow, birth of the sky that will wipe off the earth. Only Noah was left. And those that were in with him in the ark. And the water searched on the earth for 150 days. My brother and sister, this, this, you know, when God spoke to Noah 40 days for 49, it was going to rain. Me and the precisions of Noah, I would have been thinking, well, 40 days, 49, let's call it 80 days. 40 days, 49, let's call it 80 days. And if, you, if you're doing math on how things are going to work out, you say, well, God said 40 days, 49. All right, for after 40 days, we're free. We're back to, you know, everything being new. Well, that was not the case. See, this is why you cannot math God. You cannot math God's prophecy and say in such a day, in such a year, in such a month. Because that's what we're going to go run always. The Lord spoke to me about this. Back in 2014, 2015, not to time anything, because that's where we're going to go wrong. He said, don't focus on time, Jesus said to me, my brother and sister, because that's where we're going to go wrong. Again, what did God says to Noah? For 40 days, 49, it was going to rain. You know, it's a, it's a simple math, 40 days, 49. Okay, that's a month, 10 days. It's all going to be great. It's all going to be awesome after 40 days. Well, that was not the case. That was not the case. 150 days. The water searched upon the earth for 150 days. It was still above the earth for 150 days. So the 40 day and 49 stopped, it stopped raining. They were still flowing in the boat. My brother and sister, take, take, take 40 days. For 150, that's 110 days, still on a boat, waiting to get out, my brother and sister. And if you're one of those that would say, oh, God, but you said it was 40 days, 49. The 40 days have passed. What's going on here? Did I hear God's wrong? No, you heard him right. God was talking about the rain. God was not telling you that you're going to come out of the ark after the 40 days, 49. That's not, that's not, see, we can misunderstand even when God says something that is so simple, we can misunderstand it. God, they, God said 40 days and 49. And then the 40 days and 49 comes, the water stops, you're still flowing in the boat. You don't see no land. And Noah kept sending out the bird. Bible insisted. And they came back, they could not find land, my brother insisted. And then for another 110 days, 
They're still in the boat. They're still in the ark. My brother and sisters. So what do we do now, God? You know, did, did we hear God wrong? Can, can anybody, can, can anyone tell me if, if I heard him wrong that, you know? No, you heard him right. It's just it's all it's all in God's timing. It is all in God's perfect timing. Now look at this now. Now someone comes to you and prophesies to you, or you get a dream of God remembering you. What do you if if you stand if you're one of those persons that like to think negative about certain situations? You are going to go overboard now. Genesis 8. You're going to go overboard now. Go to Genesis 8, 1 with me. Because if you're one of those persons that everything has to be specific, specific for you, you will go overboard. You will go crazy. Because look, look, I'm going to read it to you. God remembers Noah. Brother Elfie, did God forget me? What happened? Did he, did he, I know he called me. I know he, he told me I was chosen. He told me I was elected. But I got a dream that in this dream, I saw that God remembered me. Brother Elvin, God all, all this past year has forgotten about me. It has left me alone. I've been going through so much, Brother Elvin. What's going on? No, my dear sister, my dear brother. We're in God's mind. We're in God's heart. We're in Jesus' body. We're members of his body, Paul says to the Corinthians. There's no way possible that God can forget you. Thank you, Lord. But his promise is what God says for us to remind him of his promise, which is different. Not you. God remembers Noah. Wait a minute, wasn't it God in Genesis 6 that called Noah and told Noah to go ahead and make an ark and give him all the measurement for the ark? And then Genesis 7, Noah began to bring all the animals into the ark in obedience to God. And all this time, all Noah has done is keep busy for God, stay in obedience for God. And then when you hear that God remembers Noah, it's like, so what happened? He forgot him? No, never. My brother and sister, but God made a promise to Noah. God remember Noah's well of all the life, wildlife, and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. God caused the wind to pass over the earth. See, if God needs to bring a wind that will bring a tsunami, that will move the tsunami, or bring a tsunami, bring an earthquake, bring the wind. Now, let me go into the dream that I had this past Sunday morning. My brother insisted. It was a powerful dream. Because this dream, remember that I share with you that I knew that the judgment was months from now. I don't know if it's the same judgment, but it looks the same to me. I was brought, I was brought here to the United States, one of the major cities in this dream. And an earthquake, powerful earthquake, had destroyed the city so bad, so destroyed 
that building came upon people while they were sleeping. Home came upon people while they were sleeping. My brother insisted. And I saw people trying to dig people from under the buildings and the houses that came upon them. Those that I guess were sleeping on the car or somewhere, driving somewhere, they, they, they would try to dig people from under these buildings and homes. People that were still alive calling for help. And while these people were doing this, at the very moment they were trying to help these people, it looked like the tsunami happened overnight. I'm sorry, the earthquake happened overnight. And right when the light of the day, like in the times of Noah, remember? Everything that when the angel comes to get Lot and his family was in the night. You can tell it was in the night because later on in the morning is when Noah gets out of, out of Sodom and Gomorrah and makes it to the land. He was walking all night long away from Sodom and Gomorrah before God destroyed them. My brother and sisters, early in the morning, this mighty wave tsunami over 30 feet high is coming over the city who just overnight the building and the home had come over people. And this, most of the people are still under this building and still under this home. The Lord brings me there just at the moment as I seal the destruction. I see the wave of tsunami. People turn to the wave of this tsunami coming in. And they say, look, the water is coming. Tsunami, tsunami. High wave, high wave. And people begin to run for their lives away from the water. But the water will come in with such a power and strength that it casts them in fastness, that it casts them very quickly. And it went over them to where I was standing. The water got to my feet. You know, it, it, that was the end of the, of the water because the whole entire city became under that water. I can see the body of children flowing. My brother insisted. I immediately reacted because I, I like to do this. I like to react when something is happening, not stay inactive. Even in a car accident, I like to be active, not inactive. In other words, take the immediately action to it. Because a lot of people, when they get into a car accident, they, fro they get frozen. They don't do anything. I'm the opposite. I like to take action to it because you can save your life in someone else's life at that very moment. Accidents will happen. But in this judgment, I'm standing next to the water that just came over the city. And immediately I tell the people that are there crying, screaming, alarm, please let's help these children, body that were flowing. The tsunami justice just has happened a minute, about a minute. And all these body of these children try to swim. Man, this really awakened me to teach our children to swim. My brothers, a lot of people don't teach their children to swim. And this is going to be very tough in the months to come. Very, very tough. So I immediately run into the body. I was about six feet or a little bit under six feet because I'm six, two, six, three. And I saw this young girl about eight. Her body was flowing, 
She had long blonde hair. I grabbed her by the hair because her hair was on the water and she was sinking and pulled her up by the, by the hair. There was another young lady about 16 on my left. I grabbed her by the waist. She was trying to swim. Her hair was still in the water to pull her hair out of the water. As I'm pulling this other young girl by the hair, there was another one about seven who was sinking. And I'm trying to grab it as I'm, I, as I got two in my hand. And there was a man that came, come on, I'll help you, I'll help you. So I gave the one that I was holding by the hair and immediately tried to go as deep as I could to grab the other one because it was going down. And I believe it was beyond 10 feet a little further. So I knew I would have to swim. So there was a movement, grab this, grab this one, and jump into the water because I said if it's over 30 feet, it's going to be too late. So I'm just going to try to go down 10 feet and grab this this seven years old, between six and seven, and bring this this, this boy out of the water, my brother insisted. And, and it was, wow. And as far as you can look, you can see people trying to swim in the deeper part of the water, deeper part of the city, and they could not swim. And it will not we will not be able to save all these people because imagine major city here in the United States have millions of people. And if you see thousands upon hundreds of thousands of their bodies flowing, and this look that looks a major, that has just been turned into a major lake, my brother insisted. I come out of the water and I put the head, my hand over my head and I began to cry. And I began to think, I began to say to myself, I've been preaching for years on the Lord's hour, telling them about this judgment that are coming. And I started thinking, what else could I do for these people? What else, how else can I say things to them to get their attention, to get them prepared for this? I kept saying to myself. But there was something else that happens to me. The young girl that I grabbed by the waist that I was pulling out, she turned around after I get her head out of the water and said, let me go. I want to die like my mother and my parents just died under the building. And I said, what do you mean you want to die? I'm trying to save your life. And you telling me to let you go that you want to die with your parents and your brothers. You know, you should look forward to living, not dying. And she's, let me go, let me go. I want to die too. I want to die too. Now, like, you're speaking nonsense. Let me get you out. And again, so well, I took her out of the water. Now, I said to her sister, what is the Lord was saying to me? What is God saying to me was young lady that I'm trying to save her life and she's telling me to let her die, let her go. She wanted to die. My brother, my sister. Was not I supposed to save her? Was not I supposed to help her? My brother and sister. Or was not, hallelujah. Well, Noah, hallelujah. The Bible said that the Lord stopped to the human wickedness was widespread on the earth in every inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time. 
So this tells me that people, their mind was after evil. It was all about evil, continuously. And it's like their mind cannot think normal anymore, cannot think about wanting to live anymore, just about dying. My brothers and sisters, the enemy is really hurting people psychologically, emotionally, even physically. My brother and my sister, the human can behave and think this way. And the Lord regretted that he made men on the earth. Was it that God abandoned people? I don't believe so. <clears throat> because if not, Jesus will not go to the cross. He went to the cross. Jesus said that he, that they may have life. He first said that John 10, 10, that the thief came to kill, steal, and destroy. Then he said, but I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. His plan, his purpose, his will, his love for us is to give us abundant life. But look, hallelujah, he was grieved deeply, deeply grieved. Then the Lord said, I will wipe mankind from whom I created out of the face of the earth, together with the animal, the creature of the crow, the birds of the sky. For I have regret that I have made them. Noah, however, has found favor with the Lord. It's important that we seek to follow our favor. My brother and sister. But seeing that this young lady did not want to leave, live, I know the desire to live. It was continuously in her mind that I should let her go to die. My brother and my sister. It is so sad that people behave this way. What gives them this thought, I believe, is the vaccine. The tool that the enemy is using in the last day, I believe, is the vaccine. That is putting this thought continuously because there was something back in 2021, 20, a survey related to the vaccine, where they say messages was being flowing to the, to the people that are vaccinated from the server. Message was going continuously to them from the server, from the AI. And I believe that what is being put into the AI and the mind are continuously my manipulation message. They're being manipulated. 5G AI altogether is manipulating people's brain. This young lady, although I want to desire her for her to live, she wanted to die. And I can see in her mind this was going on continuously. That the vaccine was making her, the RFID was making her have this thought going in her mind continuously. The mind, the, the thoughts were for her to want to die, going in her mind continuously. I can see it in the spirit through her mind. I could discern it that what was going through her mind was what Genesis 6 says, was going on continuously, nonstop. It was like, so she will not make choices on her own. Her choices will be made. Her choices will be injected into her mind, will go into her mind continuously. It's what I saw in this young lady. It's what God helping me to understand. That what I saw in this young lady was not normal. She practically had no control over her mind. Why they have injected in her body is what was causing her to think this way. My brother and sister, just like in Genesis 6, 
The inclination of the human mind was nothing but evil all the time. My brother and sister, it's like whatever they injected into them were causing them to think this way, act this way, behave this way, live this way. That's what I saw in this young lady in the months to come. I remember the Lord showed me that right going into the Great Tribulation, there will be a mandate for the RFID, which God has shown me is the mark of the beast. There was a mandate. And I saw the truth being directed by Obama, being sent all over the U.S. to baffling people, even against that will. I saw it. God showed it to me. Father spoke to me while this was happening. And God, the Father says, I will allow this because of this sin and evil. Hallelujah. It's a punishment for the evil that the my brother and sister participating are doing before God. Hallelujah. It is sad. But it is also the truth. Hallelujah. Number 1411, the Lord says to Moses, how long will these people despise me? How long will they not trust in me, despite all the signs that I have performed among them? See, people can reject God's work in their lives. My brother and sister, out of their own will, they can. My brother and sister, Sad. Number 33, for meanwhile, the Egyptians were varying every firstborn male the Lord has struck down among them. For the Lord executed judgments against their God. Hallelujah. These fallen ones that they worship in the world today, God is going to execute judgment as he did in the, in the God of the Egyptians. My brother insisted. God executes judgment. Against their God, the Bible says. No coincidence what's happening today with these fallen ones that they're welcoming in secret. Judgment is going to come. My brother and sister. Sad, sad. Hallelujah. God have mercy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Deuteronomy 32, 41. When I sharpen my flashing sword, my hand take hold of judgment. I will take vengeance on my adversary, repay those who hate me. Right now, the world is expressing a great hate against God and the church, against his Christ. But God said he is going to take vengeance on his adversary and repay those who hate him. This gay hatred this great hatred, I say gay hatred, great hatred against the church and the gospel, God said he's going to repay them with judgment. My brother and sister, sad, hallelujah, sad. Praise you, Lord. May God have mercy. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. First Kings 7, 7. He made the whole of the throne where he will judge the whole judgment. It was handled with cedar from the floor and the rafer to the rafer. 
That was in, in, I think, in the time of Solomon, my brother and sister. First King 13, uh, 13, 1. A man of God came, however, from Judah to Belter by the word of the Lord, while Jeroboam was still standing beside the altar to burn incense. Hallelujah. God always sent his messenger to one. The man of God cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord. Altar. Also, this is what the Lord says. A psalm will be born to the house of David, named Yoshia. He will sacrifice on your priests, the high place who are burning incense on you. Human bone will be burned on you. He gave a sign that the day, he said, this is the sign that the Lord has spoken. Arthur will know he ripped apart the ashes that are on it, well, we, we put out, this is First King 13 and on. And when the king heard the message of the man of God, had cried out against the altar of, of Bethel, Jeroboam stretched out his hand from the altar and said, Arrest him. But the man stretched out, hallelujah, against him with it. He could not pull him back to himself. And the altar was ripped apart, and the ashes put out from the altar, according to the sign that the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. This man moving supernatural power of God. And the army of Jeroboam, the king of Israel, could not stop it. The church is going to be changed and transformed in supernatural body. And we're going to be moving in and out. And the army of the United States, Russia, and China, and North Korea will not be able to stop us. They'll shoot at us. As the Lord showed me the army of China, as they invaded the United States, they were shooting bullets straight to my head. But the bullet was not penetrating my forehead. My brother insisted. The bullet was like a bad mosquito biting me. Like a bad mosquito bite. Nothing else. They were shoot the, the sniper of the Chinese army was shoot the bullet right between my eyes, right on my forehead. I was actually hiding my face. Because they, the sniper kept looking for my head, my brother and sister, to take me out. And I was moving faster than the bullet. And they were having the hardest time of their life to keep up with me. Even though their vessel may be controlled by AI, which is a lot faster than human, still I would move faster than what the AI could, could move. They were trying to keep up to my movement. I was moving faster than light, faster than sound. They can move maybe 10 times faster than sound. I can move a 1,000 times maybe more faster than sound. They were having the hardest time to keep up with me. I was moving around the United States trying to help our people. I can see people hurt being shot by this. Hallelujah. China, Chinese army. I can tell you their army were very good. The sniper was very well trained. They've been training for many years on the ground. The United States knows this. And when they were released in the months to come, after the church transformed the church, I was one of those that the Lord sent to help other people. And I was going around the United States. I can see major city destroyed. And I was moving, looking for family. I will find family on the bridges, but the bullet cannot penetrate. My brother and sister, 
I can something I can notice is that the 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 snipers can carry the bullets. I heard about curbing the bullet. I believe there was a movie they made where the bullet can be curbed to kill the enemy. And that type of technology, you know, you you see it in a Hollywood movie. You think, ah, that's just that's just effect. It's fake. Well, reality, what they were bringing out, something that is all done in secret, bullet that they can curve, bullet that they have made that it can go around and kill the person, the exact person that is shot, that it, it could be behind wall, behind thing. And I noticed family that were behind bridges, how these bullet can go around and kill some of the members. So I quickly ran, actually flew. Because I can fly faster than birds, faster than Superman, my brother and sister, faster than the Flash. And I went around and covered them with my body. And the bullet was hitting me, was hitting my body. But I was protecting them and telling my family, don't be afraid. The Lord has sent me to help you. And I, I, I gave them a hug and I said, come under me. And I'll get you out of here. And I was able to grab the family and move quickly like lightning out of there and bring them to safety. But these Chinese sniper have these special curved bullets that they can get their target anywhere practically. And I believe as I saw this and I was living this and I was going through this, I could not stop thinking my brother and sister, why the Chinese army is on the ground? Why they have created these bases on the ground where no one can see them, no one can record them, and they make this special technology that they think that no one can get away from them. But also I was thinking that the Lord, this is why the Lord says to the Apostle Paul, that at the last trumpet, the last trumpet is the departing trumpet. It was the trumpet back in Israel that when that trumpet was sound, my brother and sister, I gotta, I go, I gotta get there. That trumpet was sound. People will have to move immediately. The apostle Paul said that in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet was sound. This is a guarantee here. For the trumpet was sound, that they will be raised incorruptible. We will be changed. This trumpet that Paul is talking about, it was exactly what I was living in my glorified body. But it was just not only me. There were other brothers and sisters helping me. We were moving across America. But not only across America, we will move across the world very, very fast. When I tell you that we can go to from here to Rome in a second or less, before a second can move in the clock, we're already there. Just to give you an idea. My brother and my sister. And we were moving, a group of us. I said to the brothers and sister, look, you go left, you go right. I said, brother, what we're going to mean? I said, don't worry. We move in, our, in the place that we talked about. But now we got to go out and help the family because the Chinese army that I'm they have invaded America, 
are killing this family anywhere with these special bullets. And we need to go out and, and protect and save these people. We don't, have, we don't have much time to explain all this. We can all move the same. We're faster than they. So please, go. you go to the left. You go to the, to, to the north. You go here. I will go straight forward. I will also go right. We will all move. We just got to get these people out of harm of the family that were left. My brother and sister. And I could see my brothers and my sisters also grabbing family and trying to protect them with the, with the body as the bullet was coming in. The bullet was hitting them, but it was not hurting us at all. My brother and sister. It was not penetrating our new glorified body at all. Not even creating a crash on us. I mean, we can see the bullet coming. I can see the bullet out of the ship of the Chinese ships. My brother and sister. Amen, sister. Sister says she had a similar experience where she was translated to Russia in a second. Exactly. The Lord the Lord already been giving people dreams about these things. The only thing I've been giving the dream about in details. I've been able to do a lot of things there, even talk to brothers and sisters, even send them different ways to help our family. And I kept telling the brothers and sisters, look, we need to um, go out and save these people. You can already see the weapons, the bullets. They're very good. I can see the bullet coming out of the ship from, from the ocean, okay? These snipers in this great Chinese vessel, as America was destroyed by earthquake and judgment, and they could see the family that were left, they were invading. Their, God let me know in this revelation that their plan was to invade America. America was weak. America was barely destroyed. There was not an army left in America to defend America because California, Area 53, where these, they got these special planes and weapons, are underwater. San Francisco, by this time, is underwater. Chicago destroyed. New York is destroyed. The places where United States keep their weapons are underwater are destroyed. So, so is the electronic of these weapons are, are non-functional. And you know that's where the EMP comes into action. They burn every single electronic in America. Cell phone towers, satellites are all down already. Russia made a weapon where when they launched this weapon, it will destroy every single satellite in space, including their own. But they're already coming out with their own plans once their own are destroyed. They don't care even if their people are, that, are without television and cell phone. They're just going to bring them all of them down at the same time. They have tested it, and it works 100%. We're enemy satellites. It just burns them out completely, useless. They, they turn them to dust completely, and they fall to the ground. My brother and sister. So at this time, I'm looking to the Chinese vessel up in the sea coming this way. I noticed that America at this time is completely surrounded. There were no U.S. soldiers defending America in this revelation. America is completely surrounded by the enemy. 
by the Chinese. Of course, the Russian, the Lord has shown me, will participate. North Korea will also participate. The president of North Korea have asked China and Russia that when they take over America, he wants to send in his army. North Korea has requested this. And of course, of course it's going to be granted. He's going to send an in-ground army, which I saw them shooting people, most made of women. They were taking out America easily with their guns. My brother and sister, they feel that they really need to punish this nation severely. So, in this revelation, the Chinese army is in the coast. And the snipers are sending in bullets, very intelligent bullets, hitting anyone who is alive. I also knew that every single bullet is like, it's like they say in the movie, that the bullet had the name and last name of the person that they made it for. That the bullet is so intelligent that when they send it in, it comes in very fast. I knew this. And it can travel for hundreds of miles. This is the other part that shocked me. These bullets are very special. And they can travel for hundreds of miles. And they were coming inland looking for the person that it was sent to. And if the person will be anywhere, if the person is in the house, can go through the glass window straight to the head of the person. But we would not glorify body half this intelligent. We knew what the bullet immediately can do. And then we, we, I started raising my hand, blocking the bullet. The bullet would hit my hand and it would fall to the ground immediately. As soon as the bullet hit my hand, it became useless. My brother and sister. And for a minute, I thought the bullet was made of plastic because it, it, it caused me no harm at all in my glorified body. So the same thing with the other brothers and sisters. But I was, I was really telling my brothers and sisters, Let get, let's save more people as much as we can because the bullet was coming in. So we were moving around quickly, saving family, grabbing them, covering them as the bullet came and hitting the bullet down, just blocking the bullet, having the bullet hit us and not the other family. Because we noticed that the people, the normal people, regular people, easily they can kill them with these bullets. And one time I saw this person under the bridge. The guy looks like in one of these people you see on YouTube uh, that like to live outdoor. They have all these things for outdoor, the bilk or everything. He was hiding under the bridge from these bullets that were coming in. A bullet came around the bridge looking for him, and boom, hit him straight into the head. And I saw his body fall back. I feel feel away from where he was standing. As the bullet hit him, it just boom, flew back into the air. And I could see the blood coming out of his head. I said, oh, wow, we, we need to move faster and protect these people because this guy just got killed. While I was saving this person, I could see this other person being killed. So I grabbed this person that I was saving and immediately moved with this, with this lady's body quickly out of the way. And she was, thank you, thank you. Family was thanking her. Oh, thank you, thank you for helping us. Hallelujah. And we were getting them out of harm quickly. 
Yes, there will be places of refuge. We knew that we had a specific place that the Lord told us that we need to we need to get these people to. Before we would send out, I heard that we were being told, when you go out to save these people, bring them to this place of, of, of safe haven. Here they will be safe. They will be protected. They cannot be harmed in this place. Get them here. They'll be safe. And we said yes, and then we went out. And we started moving around the country like lightning, fast, faster than the Chinese bullets that were coming in. China see the America very vulnerable. See America falling instead of coming in to help their hatred and anger for this country truly manifest when America is so weak and America cannot defend itself. My brother and sister. They take advantage of the weakness of the destruction of the California and all these major cities. And they come in immediately to take over America. Of course, they want to go and whatever is in America. Hallelujah. I noticed that they could see us saving these people. And that now what they were trying to do is we're going to use more bullets against these people. Because when we stand next to the person protecting their body, the sniper can see through the telescope. And, and they zoom into us. Now they were watching us close. And they say, you know what? We're going to use greater bullets, even missile we have to, to take out these people. My brother and sister. But it didn't matter to us whether they used greater bullets because at one time they sent a missile. This missile was following me around very, very fast. I was moving around in seconds, getting away from this missile they sent against me. But I noticed that at one time, I could not, I could not leave, uh, deceive this missile. It has some kind of technology in the head of this missile that it can track me and look for me to try to take me out. And I said, oh, no, you're not going to do so. So I ran very fast to a train track looking for the train, an empty train. looks like it was an abandoned train to try to see the missile going going inside and moving out quickly had the missile hit the train and that's how I was able to get away from the missile. We're gonna we're gonna come up with our own idea and a glorified body how to get away from these missiles and weapons. My brother, my sister, and all these comes within second. Our mind, we got this intelligence. We can see better than the telescope and so much more. We can see be we can see beyond wall we can see what they're thinking, what they're planning, what the plan is. I knew that the idea was to take over America. It really didn't matter to us because we will not be in ways to protect America. We were raised by the Lord to save the people, help the people. So the church is not here for political rightness. My brother and sister, we're not here to run for president, Okay. We're here to protect the people that God wants to save. And the Lord is sending us out to protect those people, help those people, and evangelize them, lead them to Christ. 
and tell them, look, you see what the Chinese are doing. They're going to take over this land and kill people. You need to receive the Lord. You need to get right with God now. And the people, as they see so much killing and so much, yes, they'll confess the Lord right there. They'll get right with God. My brothers and sisters, it'll be easy to evangelize in this in this way. How it's being shown to me. It'll be very easy to tell people to repent because they can see the major destruction. It's like the Lord said to me last week when he showed me this judgment coming up in months. He says they will know that this judgment is from God. Okay? They will know it's from God, he says. So there will be a knowing awakening, if I can call it. When the Lord brings this judgment, I can see in people's mind, in the spirit looking out, I can see in people's mind all over America, those that remain alive. I can hear people saying, wow, this judgment was from God. This was for God. This, this was no other but God, they say. The Lord allowed me to hear what they were thinking and saying. And the spirit, to the time coming, they were saying that they knew the judgment was from God. My brother insisted. So before we say China, Russia, North Korea, no, those, those, those judgments are coming. Yes. Yes, they are. But this judgment from God is judgment from God is also coming because it's God calling people to repentance. My brother and sister, I remember the Lord saying to me a few years ago, because I said, Lord, look at the few people I'm talking to on the Lord's hour. There should have been more people listening. And the Lord says to me, don't worry, my son. In the time to come, they're going to fly to your program to listen. And he showed me. The chat room, as people started coming in, you can see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people logging in to listen to. Because the Lord said, every, every message I have given you is going to come to pass exactly. He's going to make sure it is. He says, he says, they will come, he says to me. He showed me. And I saw it. My brother and sister, right now, People see everything going good. No judgment. Some of God's people can discern, my sister was saying to me on the phone today, how close the judgment is. She said, it's true, brother. It is for the month. I can feel it in the spirit. It's close. Those that the Lord is talking to, or those that are talking with the Lord, can discern it in the spirit. My brothers, but those that are not white with God, that everything is going and the look wine and the backsliding, they, they don't see nothing happening. They say, oh, these people have been talking about judgment for years. And they are overlooking, not getting right with God. And that is wrong. That is very wrong. That's a big mistake they're making. Because God talks about sudden destruction in his word. Not my word. Not the word of the apostle. The word of God. Sudden destruction will come upon them. As a pregnant woman, my brother and sister, it's coming. It's close. Suppose that in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye in the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the devil raised 
incorruptible. As Paul said to the Thessalonians, the dead will be risen first. Then we that remain alive will be changed and transformed. What we change, he says, for the, this corruptible body must be clothed with incorruptible. <laughs> what I like, and the other part I like about this, the new body is, in this mortal body must be clothed with immortality. Oh, I love it. I love it. Paul, I love it where, you, where, where you're going with this. Yeah. It's really beautiful because I have experienced it, and I love it. I tell you, I'm looking for it almost every day to come into my incorruptible immortality. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm, I'm body that will not die like an angel body, like the Lord's body, bulletproof, time-proof, speed-proof. We're going to move faster than light and lightning and and. And sound, my brother insisted, is ready for us. It's up to you now to be obedient and be in daily repenting, getting ready every day to to receive your body, come to your immortal body, incorruptible body. Hallelujah! Your bulletproof body. You don't need to bullet, uh, wear bulletproof vest like the army's using, like the soldier do. No. Your body will be bulletproof. That's what the Lord allowed me to experience. They hit me. They hit me between my eyes. But they did not kill me at all. You know, what greater than what God has for us, my brother and sister? We cannot be wasting time when time is, is, is not for us to be wasted. Look at the audio play on Sunday. For people to see that other prophet, what God is speaking to them, what God is saying. And there are hundreds more, hundreds more prophets, maybe thousands more, that God is speaking to about this judgment that is about to come. So we don't focus on the world right now. The world, Let the world go on with their life. We focus on Jesus right now. We're seeking the kingdom of heaven first right now. We know that judgment is coming. We don't focus on that. We focus on Jesus. But we do prepare, as I was telling Brother Tony today. Brother, we need to prepare. We need to have what we need. See, the judgment is for the world. But we're still in the world. We're still here. So if the world gets punished very soon, we're monthly now, month power outages. Will that affect us? Yes, it will affect us. We will have no power neither. So we need to have battery backed up, solar battery, have it ready to go. Why? Because we got children, we got family. We like to turn on our stove and cook. My brother insisted. Because we always grill, people say. Propane grill, that works. Yeah. Gas grill works, yeah. Charcoal grill works, yeah. Have what you need now. Don't wait. Because then you cannot even pick up the phone to call somebody. You cannot even pick up the phone to call your family. Because phones are going to be out. Shalom, Brother Miguel. So the dear fact is that in the wisdom of God, I said, look, the the. The parable of the ten virgins, five were wife and five were foolish. What is God saying to us 
about being wise in the last day as a, as a bride of Christ. That we need to use wisdom like Joseph in the times of need. Joseph told the Egyptians that in the time of abundance to save, that when the times of famine will come, they will have enough to feed themselves and save their family and save their cattle, save their animals. My brother and sister, that's what, that was the wisdom of God in Joseph. That was the wisdom of the bride in Joseph, a type of bride of Christ in the last days. We need to have the same mind of Christ. <coughs> save, save, save. The mind of Christ was saved soul. Our mind must be also saved soul, but also save the other things we need. Food. Save emergency food supply, flashlight, batteries. Save unperishable food, food that will last years. Even water, if you can save, save it. Save what you're going to need for you and your family. Because many will be angry and mad of God for the days to come and say, but I don't have what I need. And God will say, but I told you through my servant to get ready to be prepared. Why didn't you listen? See, when you tell God one day, when you see the Lord, you say, God, you never spoke to me. God said, I spoke to you every time you listen to my servants, the prophet. Before God doesn't do anything before revealing to his servant, the prophet, the word of God says. My brother and sister, he, he's speaking to us to get ready, to get prepared. I went twice this week back to the Lord in prayer. I said, Lord, this judgment coming up. Say yes. He immediately said yes to me. Went back, Lord, he said yes. Now the word, what are you asking me more about? What else do you want to know? I'm already showing you what's coming. Now wisdom comes into place. If you lack wisdom, ask of God, and he will give you without reproach, the Bible says. But ask with faith. Because if, if you like asking without faith, it's like the wave of the sea, the Bible says in, in um, James 1.5. Ask with faith, my brother and sister, for wisdom and read Proverbs. Begin to read the book of Proverbs every day, every day, and go back. If you think you didn't got no wisdom, go back there and pray before you read it and listen to it and say, Lord, please increase my Increase my wisdom as I listen to Proverbs. Please, Lord. God will not fail when you ask. See, it's when you do it without asking, it's a type of pride. When you do something without asking, it's a type of pride. The Lord let me know this week. When you do it without asking, it's pride. When you ask before you do it, it's humility. He reminded me. Oh, thank you, Lord. We need to be reminded. We need, because we forget. That's normal human beings. For the lack of food and, and the things in food that are not there anymore, the vitamins, the benefit for your body, they're not there anymore. Your mind is not going to, you know, you want to go beyond 5% and 6% of your mind, 7%. It's very hard to do so. It takes a lot of vitamins for your mind to work beyond that. The rest of your brain is sleeping. 
ignoring people's things. So please understand, we need to ask the Lord to help us. My brother and sister, not daily life. So try to save these children in the water as the earthquake hit this, this great city. And this great tsunami hit the city. It created a, a 30 feet way, a 30 feet deep in, in, into the city of water. It's hard to swim without an equipment in the 30 feet water. And then all completely dark. You could not see the bottom of the lake because now the city became a lake. And all these children's bodies flowing all over this lake. And I was trying to say with other people, I kept yelling at people, please, they continue to help these children. It looks like they don't know how to swim. And that's why I tell you, please to try to teach your children, your grandchildren, to swim. Please teach them. Teach them. Teach them how to swim, please. My brother and sister, challenge Sister Renee. Very, very important we teach our children how to swim because when this judgment comes and it's going to come and it's almost here, it's almost here. And these, these, these are earthquake and tsunami, you know that usually that's how it is. You saw it in, in Japan. They got an earthquake and immediately right after that they get a tsunami. And it's going to be repeated here in the United States. Major city earthquake will destroy them. And immediately a tsunami will come into the city. The sea is going to come upon them. And then whoever can swim out will save themselves. Whoever cannot, it will not. I noticed one thing that some people were trying to swim even with the water coming upon them. Since the water was coming in too strong, it was very hard. Especially when the houses are broken by the earthquake. You can see this, the, 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 the wood coming out of the house standing up. And some people's body were hitting that wood so they were being killed by the force of the water as they tried to escape. Because sometimes under fear, you try to do things that you don't do normally, and that will get you more in trouble. Sometimes holding to what you are, if you can breathe, you're better off than try to swim when the water is out of control. You know, you want to weigh until the water settle. Because I noticed that some people were trying to swim when the water was out of control, destroying things, then waiting maybe an hour when the water settled. My brother and sister, if you're holding to a, a, a steel post, a metal post, and the, 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 the power in the city is already out, it's, you know, with the earthquake, it took out all the power, which is good. When the water came in, the city is in darkness. But there's like a 30 foot, foot of water coming in very strong, taking everything in its ways. If you're holding up to one of those metal posts that's still standing in the sample, you're better off holding there until the water settles. If you try to swim with the water out of control, it will hit you against the wall. And I can see people, the way where the water was so strong, it was hitting them against the home against um, wood that was standing, coming off of the house and killing them, going right through their body. It, it, it was a mess. It was a mess, a mess, a mess. And it's all because of an act of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear, the Bible says. My brother and sister. See, in the moment you react to things, what, what, 
the word of God says, okay, yes, electrical pole and water. But see, the, the, the earthquake took out the electricity. As the earthquake hits the major electrical plants, the electricity is out because, remember, the earthquake breaks the ground. The, the, the electrical plant needs to be level. And the moment it tilts, it breaks the, 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 the foundation of the electricity. Then the whole power in the city is out, which is great. That's great. That's, 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 that's livable. Even though it's a bad situation for everyone without electricity, but it's livable in the fact that when the water comes in, I just saw the water coming in, the tsunami, then no electricity is good, okay? Because you don't want to have 600 bowl hitting your body with water because it will kill you almost instantly. So then the water comes in, but then people, instead of holding to staying what they are that are flowing up in the water, as I saw, they immediately began to swim with the water, threw themselves on the, on the currents of the water, and the water hit them against the building, the, whatever is left of the building, the home, and it was killing these people because they were acting on the fear. They, it was either they were thinking maybe there's a bigger way coming. We might be able to get away from this one. Let's swim out with the one coming in 30 feet because if it's a bigger one, then we won't survive it. So it's an action out of fear that they're, they're, they're doing, they're acting upon. And I can see the way hitting them against the building, the homes, and killing them. My brother and sister, where if they would have climbed higher where they are quickly and hold on to the metal poles, trees, you know, things like that, you may be able to survive better, okay? It's just, you know, sometimes things are common, common sense that you have to use in this time coming. But then it's also staying connected with God and the Lord because the Lord can deliver us. The Lord can protect us. The Lord will be our shield for not protecting this time to come. We, the bride, don't need to fear. God has a plan for us. It is the people that are not going for the Lord to be in the refuge. David said that the Lord was his refuge. That is that the way we're supposed to live on this earth, having the Lord as our refuge, trusting in the Lord, not leaning into on our own understanding. Now what we think is good for us is what God says is good for us. In another word, my brother and my sister, God has a plan for each and one of us. He just wants us to be obedient. Because to God, obedient is better than sacrifice. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. First Chronicles sixteen twelve. Remember the wondrous work that he has done his wonder, and the judgment he has pronounced. Notice how God's servants always reminded the people not to forget what God has said, what God has promised. Hallelujah. First Chronicles 16, 14, he is the Lord our, our God. His judgment governs the whole earth. Because it's governed the whole earth, it must come. It's not something that can be avoided. We can be protected in Christ for sure, but the judgment is coming either way. Second Chronicle nineteen six. He then he said to the judge, Consider what you are doing 
for you do not judge for a man, but the Lord who is with you is a matter of judgment. So it's not a matter of what people are saying, governments are saying. It's a matter of what God is saying that is going to happen. My brother and sister, God have mercy. Second Chronicle 29, if disaster come upon us, sorrow or judgment, pestilence or famine, we will stand before this temple and before you. Your name is in this temple. We will cry out to you because of our distress, and you will hear and deliver. That's the promise of the Lord for his people. We know that disaster and judgment is coming. What is it that God wants us to do? Call upon his name. Cry out to him. As the man of God said, hallelujah. It's important that we know um, what we need to do, my brother and sister, in the time of judgment, in the time of disaster, that we will call on the Lord, my brother and sister. Ezra 6, 7:26. Anyone who doesn't keep the law of your God and the law of the king, let the appropriate judgment be executed against him. With a dead of banishment, confiscation of property, or imprisonment. Imprisonment is coming. Confiscation of property is also coming. That is the truth. That was said in the Old Testament. It will be repeated in the New. My brother and sister, it's coming. Hallelujah. It is coming. Job said, do you really take notice of one like this? Will you bring me into judgment against you? And that's not what God is doing, but God will use the church as a witness in the time of judgment when it comes. Job 19.29, then be afraid of the sword because of wrath bringing punishment by the sword so that you may now may know there is a judgment. So when the sword comes, it is to tell us, God's people, that this is because of a judgment, said Job 19.29. My brother insisted. Hallelujah. Job 24.1, why does the Almighty not reserve time for judgment? Why do those who know him never see his days? Hallelujah. Because it's all in God's timing. That is why. Job 36.17 you know you are of sex with the judgment do the wicked judgment in has issue. Because in God's timing, this is what's going to happen to the wicked. They will be seized by judgment. Psalm 105, therefore the wicked will not stand up in the judgment, nor sinner in the assembly of the righteous. God will assemble the righteous to bring home in the rapture. But the wicked will not be part of it. That's why when someone say, well, some other bastard that come home in the rapture, you're going to have to ask the Lord yourself about that. Because Father has told me they will not be part of his kingdom. They will not be part of the assembly. So I got to stand with what Father said to me and the Lord. Okay, again, therefore the wicked will not stand Stand up in the judgment, nor sinner in the assembly of the righteous. 
The assembly of the righteous is what going home in the ranch of the patch of the bride of Christ, which vaccinated, whose blood has been contaminated and DNA has been changed, will now be part of the assembly of the righteous. But God can have mercy to save them in the great tribulation. And that's why God is exploring people to pray for them, assigning people to pray for people that are going to stay behind the great tribulation. That's why we're in a really difficult time. Because now people ask, can this person come home? Can this other person come home? You know, that's between them and God. And we just got to tell people to pray for the family. Just pray for them. God will have mercy for them in the great tribulation. Their prayer will be heard. Psalm 7 says, Arise, Lord, in your anger, lift yourself up against the fury of the adversary. Awake for me. You have ordained judgment. This is an awakening for the dead coming out, says Paul. The dead will be risen first. My brother and sister. Hallelujah. But it's all in the time of the judgment that God is bringing upon the adversary, says David. Psalm 9, 7, but the Lord sits in the throne forever. He has established his throne for judgment. So he will judge according to his righteousness, the righteousness of Christ, the mercy and grace of Christ. Yes, there will be mercy. Yes, there is grace. Mercy trial over judgment, yes. But judgment comes. My brother and sister. Psalm 98. He judges the world with righteousness. He executes judgment on the nation with fairness. My brother and sister, I believe another translation says with justice. Justice. With fairness. So he judges the world with righteousness. So in the righteousness of Jesus who came down as a man and suffered, Suffer like anybody else, was thrown in jail like anybody else, was beaten like anybody else on this earth who had gone through it. My brother and sister, he had gone worse than anybody else before him to punish him in judgment. But he opened not his mouth. He did not complain. Complaining is a type of lack of faith. He did not say, I'm not going to do this. I'm not, I, I can't take it anymore. He never said that. He did say, Father, please, if it's thy will, pass this cup from me. But even in his weakness, he sought to seek Father's will. If it's thy will, pass this cup from me. Notice that in his weakness, if we can say weakness, he say, if it's thy will. In Every direction he was being tempted, he was being tempted, he was being pulled, he was being pushed, kicked, sped, slapped. But now my will be done, but thy will be done. It says that his sweat in Gethsemane was like great drop of blood. That's when the body has been beaten so much that 
liquid in the body turns, comes out bloody, blood. His sweat was like great drop of blood. My brother and sister, that's the abuse of the body where your body medically, your vein, your body vessel began to cave. Your body blood vessel, that's where your blood travel. When your body is abused greatly, your vessel breaks. And what comes out of you is blood instead of sweat, water. There's a process when you sweat, when you exercise and you sweat. But when you stop sweating and it's blood coming out, dies. I forget the medical word for it. There's a medical word called specifically when your body, instead of being sweated, blood. And that's what the Lord's body was already going through, my brother and sister. Notice that at that very moment in Gethsemane, he was not being beaten yet. He was not being punched. He, it, physically, he was not being beaten, abused physically. Not yet, not yet. This is, me. this is when they were coming to arrest him and throw him in jail. So why is his body having this reaction? It's like salmon blood coming out of their mouth. That's a reaction of the body. Caving. My brother and sister. And so what he was going through is similar to what we go through. Right now, the church body physically is being affected in such a way like the Lord in Gethsemane, my brother and sister, that you're seeing all these reactions on people getting sick, migraine, headaches. Um, this virus they have released up on the air, over the air, over the world, contaminating our food or meat, or cow, the grass, lettuce, tomato. You can plant in your garden tomato. You can grow your own tomato. And you say, this is the best way to eat them. Well, they knew this years ago. So the reason they send these biological, because it, it is a biological weapon anyway, air to contaminate the air and contaminate your food that you grow in your garden, so when you eat it, you still get sick and need to run to the hospital so you can welcome the COVID-19 vaccine and much more. My brother and sister, back in 2013, 2012, 2013, when they were introducing the RFID, according to UN doctor, people that got in the RFID began to experience healing in their body, which they can never say the RFID will heal. But that's what people begin to experience that they got the RFID in the right hand. Why would they? What are they trying to tell people that they need a device, a mark of the beast, in order for them to be better? But it's it's not going to make you better. But that's what they want to make people believe. The men with the devices can make you better. No, the devices of the wicked, says the Bible, are for evil. That, the by seeing is under the devices of the wicked. You know that? Though by seeing 
are under the devices of the wicked. The RFID is under the devices of the wicked. The devices of the wicked are for evil. My brother and sister. So they're giving you evil devices, making you believe that they're good for you, that they're going to help your health. But they are the one causing your health bad, to be in bad, to be in worse. This is what God is saying to us, for us to call up him, for us to trust him. My brother and sister. And there's a lot more. Sister said, 13 countries will no longer find for this that will start the famine. It's all being done purposely. My brother and sister, God only tells us why this is happening, or that that is coming for us to be ready. Not why, but it's telling us God in his love and mercy is telling us this is coming. Get ready for them, my children. Okay? Now, the Lord is also impressing in us that we shall depend, that by his stripe, by his womb, we are healed, that we shall depend on his healing, that we shall depend that he is our doctor, our provider, our supplier, our healer. For us to learn to depend on the Lord to heal us, Bible says he is the God that healeth thee. He sends his word and heal them all. So God wants us to stand on his promise and word. That he will heal us. And what do we do? We pray every day for God to heal us. Every day you should be praying for healing over your body, over your children, over your family. Asking the Lord to heal you. Not just one day. Don't say, well, I prayed last year. No. Got to be doing this every day forever. Until we're rational, the passion, and we're in that glorified body. Then we don't need to ask for the Lord to heal us because nothing can make us sick anymore. What's happening on this earth, the contamination of the earth, we're not affected in that glorified body. Not anymore. We're not going to breathe this air as for sake. My brother and sister, this is why the Lord is changing us. This is why the Lord is transforming us. Because he doesn't want us anymore. Sooner he changes to being part of this world. Well, we are 100% because it's part of the kingdom. His kingdom that lasts forever. The Lord said, yes, thank you, Lord. And that's where he wants us to be standing, my brother and sister. In the kingdom of God that lasts forever. That no, no one can take away from us. Nothing will ever harm us anymore in a glorified body. No bullet, no weapon formed against us will prosper. They're all going to be destroyed by the Lord and his army. When he returns, I believe what the Lord is doing and is changing out the body into the glorified body, into this immortal body that Paul calls it, is by his grace and mercy that in the last trumpet he does this, my brother and sister, and he'll dress us with the incorruptible body, clothed with incorruptibility, and this normal body clothed with immortality. Then the saying that is written will take place. Thank you, Lord. What is that saying? They have been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your... Where is death? Where is your victory? Where death is your sting. The sting of death is sin. And the power of sin is the law. But thank God be to God. 
who has given us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the Lord's work, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And this is part of the message that the work we'll be doing for the Lord is not in vain. Each and one of us will be rewarded when we come to him in the rapture. Because immediately after the revival that is short in that transformation, we're coming home to being with the Lord. These are family that the Lord wants to save. And I won't say necessarily going home in the rapture, because I didn't see them going home in the rapture after we led them to the Lord. It might be people he wants to use in the great tribulations, or that he wants to preserve in the great tribulations. Whatever God's plan with them, we don't necessarily will know. And the Lord may even say, it's not your business to know. It's a business of God. But then he wants to use us and the glorified body he's given us to lead them to him, guide them to him, make sure they confess the Lord. And then once we finish our mission, we go home. We departure. We enter the the wedding celebration that is waiting for us, my brother and sister. Another thing the Lord let me see, not many are going to be changing, transformed. He had told me this for years, over 14 years now, that the transformation is not going to be for many. I'm going only to be for a few. He was very specific with me at one time, that those he's going to choose to be in changing, transformed, are very specific ones he had chosen, elected, selected, for just that work. My brother and sister, they will experience that. Other people will not. And I believe other people, since I didn't see them anymore, are already rapture departure. It all happened so quickly that it's hard to say, you know. It's like the rapture comes in a day, and we and we get changed, we get transformed, we, we help these people, and then we go home. Like it all happens at the same time. The Bible that talks about the year of the Lord. And it doesn't mean it's going to be a whole 365 years. Okay? Because some Bible translators, it's the time of the Lord. So now it goes from the year to the time. Other says the day of the Lord. So it's a day. It's a day where he gives you days. You know how the looking is stretch time, shorten time, stop time, pause time. He's in control of time. He made time. No one can say, Lord, why are you stopping time? Why are you slowing down time? He, to- he showed me from heaven him reversing time. That stunned me because I was in his throne one time. And he showed me back in time. I saw him reversing everything back. Did anyone notice? No. You could have a cup of coffee in your hand. You would have not even noticed. The coffee started but it's still been in your hand. He has total control all this time, and no one notices. When he stops time, no one notices. When he pauses time, no one notices. You may feel a change, but you don't notice that, you know, if you're truly connected with the Spirit, you'll feel a change. But it doesn't necessarily you know and understand what the Lord is doing. 
my brother and sister. That's a fact of the matter. The Lord is doing things on the earth that no one notices in the Bible, in the Word of God. He does it because he's in control. Our time and season. He can change time, he can change season, and no one notices. Absolutely no one. Sometimes we feel that we're in a certain time. But we can be farther from, from knowing that the time has been changed. Right now, the Lord, for two to three years now, it changed time. How many people that feel the time has been changed? The bride has. Other people don't feel anything. They see the world as the same. For the sinner, things are the same. But for the bride, they can see darkness are taking more of the earth. And things are more darker than before. You see, for the church, the church can discern that things have changed. But the world cannot. Because change comes from God, who made all things, who's in control of all things, who can decide to change it when he wants it. And only those that are following him closely can notice that. Can have to discern. Can have to even the knowledge and the revelation. Because through a dream, he can show you he changes things. There's been people years ago on YouTube, prophet of the Lord, that have put up words when the Lord has shown them to change in time. How many have noticed that? Very few. My brother and sister. Time for him is in his hand. The world to him is in his hand. I saw that in the throne of the Lord one time. The whole world was in his hand. As the music said, the son said, he had the whole world. In his hand, he's in control. My brother and sister, he's telling us to trust him, to seek him, to come in union and communion with him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 10, 5 says, his ways are always secure. The lofty judgment had no effect on him whose cough are all his adversaries. We're talking about change here. His adversary doesn't notice when God does anything. Only God's people. But David said to the church of God, his ways are always secure. To a lot of people that are reading this, says, Brother Elby, how are his ways secure? You and I are secure in him. Only thou and I believe can make you think otherwise. But if you're walking by faith, and now by sight, you can know and experience in him security, trust, love, mercy, joy, peace. Remember, he's not giving out a spirit of fear. If you have any fear, you need to begin to repent fear. You need to ask the Lord to remove any fear of the enemy from your heart. When the Lord showed me that such a thing is true fear of the enemy. Years ago, I remember going on my knees and beginning to ask the Lord in prayer, please, Lord, take from me any fear of the enemy. It began to flow out of me. My brother and sister, I could not believe I had so much fear of the enemy in my heart and my life. And wish that how people made decisions today out of the fear of the enemy, not of the fear of God, of the enemy. Some people are making plan and decision out of the fear of the enemy, not of the fear of God. 
Ask the Lord, repent fear of the enemy. Break the curse of fear of the enemy. Ask the Lord to take from your heart and life any fear of the enemy, to set you free from the fear of the enemy. And ask him to fill you with his love, his peace, and his joy. And watch what happens to you. Fast for it. If you're having a hard time, that means you need to fast about it. And begin to fast that the Lord will remove from you all fear of the enemy. And that he will fill you with his peace, his joy, and the love of God. Watch what the Lord is going to do. The Bible says he, the love of God is poured on heart through the Holy Spirit. Ask him to do that in you. Ask him. Ask him through fasting and prayer. Stop asking God, stop fasting for more money or a better looking car. Fast for God to change you, to cleanse you, to purify you, to remove from you what is not of him. Those are the true fasting of the Lord. Hallelujah. That's what God said to the to his people in Isaiah 58. They were seeking his will. Their will is what they wanted, not what God wanted. Full of change and bondage, full of demon in their life. And they're asking God for a bigger house or a second house or a better car or a second car or more money in their bank account. When they got bondage, they got demon in their life harassing them every day. Instead of asking God to set them free, to break the chains of bondage. All that that God described in Isaiah 58 is a demon in these people's life, in God's people's life. That instead of focusing that God will set them free, he came to set the captive free. Isaiah 61. Isaiah 60. So why are you not asking God to set you free? Jesus said it in John 32. Now to those Jews that believe in God, that you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And verse 36 says, if the Son sets you free, you will be freed indeed. That's what you've been seeking for from him. The things above, Apostle of the church. Seek the things above. Where Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Those are the things that we should be seeking for. Not a material stuff. If your prayer has been all about material, stop. Stop. God already knows what you need. Focus on your spiritual life with God. And your relationship with him. Focus that you want the Lord to speak to you. You want to hear him. You want to have a closer relationship with him. You want God to remove from you what is not of God. To fill you with his spirit. Thank you, Lord. A lot of people have been baptized in tongues. Great. Awesome. But they don't know that there are tongues of angels in the Bible. There are tongues of fire in the Bible. Those are Above than what they have. Most Christians have the gift of tongues. But not the tongues of fire. I was talking about this years ago, about 2013 on the Lord's Hour. Sister contacted me from New Jersey and another country. Brother Elvie, I heard you talking about the tongues of fire. I want those tongues, Brother Elvie. I'm going to be fasting and praying. I got to cook for my husband and my children every day. But I'll be fasting and praying without food, no water. For God to give me these tongues. I said, okay, dear sister, I'll pray with you in agreement also. 
just a little bit of months, she was in church. Great service, worshiping God, speaking in tongues. Zoom, the tongues of fire came over her. Everybody in the congregation felt a fire all over them. As she was speaking in tongues, there was pure fire coming out of her mouth. Whoa, what is this? Is the what is this? Then she explained to them, Brother Elvia, the Lord's hour, talks about tongues of fire. Wow, that is so powerful. Another sister asked me, as I share, came, we came in agreement, the Lord also baptized her in her congregation with the tongues of fire. Everybody felt that fire all over them. Felt so real. What is the world is this? Oh, Brother Abby talks about this. There are so more in God that people can be seeking for the material stuff. It's all about material. I, get, I used to get a lot of email people, pray for this, a car, a house, this, more money, more this, better job, better job, better job. I told Joseph, don't come in the chat room always talking about job. When you come here, focus on Jesus, focus on the word. If you're there typing about job, better job, another job. No, it's about Jesus. It's about the Lord. Listen to the Lord. Listen to the word coming out. Some people listen to it. They receive it and they run with it. They really run to the Lord with the word. And they seek the Lord and the Lord is doing mighty things to them. I love it, brothers and sisters. I share from New York. We're listening to the Lord's Tower and I was talking about asking the Lord to empower you to reach out to other people. Go into fasting for this. I said on the Lord's Tower years ago. Brother and sister said, brother, you know, Brother Ellie, they contacted me. Brother Ellie, what you said, touch my wife and I. Will you agree with us that the Lord will use it this way? I said, yes, I would. They started a Bible study in the homes. So many people in the neighborhood got touched that they could not fit any more people in the Bible study. The apartment can only fit, what, 60, 80 people? They had over 100. Over 100. In the Bible study at home, Brother Elvie, whoa. God is just touching people as we share when we play some of your audio and we, Brother Elvie, another brother in California, the same. He took the word and ran with it and began to fast and pray. He began to reach out people in his neighborhood. Whoa, brother. So powerful. Thank you, brother. I said, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. I'm just a vessel. Take the word of God and run with it. To the Lord, seeking more of him. Stop being still there. No, go to the Lord. Take it. Go to the Lord. Watch what the Lord will do. Touch other people. Touch other people's hearts. Seek the things about first. Seek the Lord to fill your mouth with his spirit, his power, his anointing. Seek the nine gifts of the spirit. And there's more in the Bible that I will challenge you that they're there. Someone says to me, will you show me some more of the more gifts than, than 1 Corinthians 12. I said, and I began to look up the verses, and I said, whoa, I didn't even know these, these other gifts of the Spirit are in the Bible. Exactly, because you're not looking for it. What did the Bible say? Seek. What did Jesus say? Seek to his disciples. And thou shalt find. Whatever you want to seek from God, whatever you want to give, want God to give to you, you got to seek it from him. If you stay there and do nothing, nothing happens. But if you seek it, you will find it. I sent him a bunch of verses about the gifts of the Spirit. And he was found. He said he had read the Bible, I don't know how many times, and never saw it before. 
Unless the Lord show you, you will not see it. You will go over them and not see it. Baja verses are more gifts of the Spirit than 1 Corinthians 12. He was stunned. Thought, Brother, I'm going to begin to pray about this. Yes, do so. There are more. There are more. There's more in God. There is more in God than what you think. My brother insisted. More. More. He showed me something yesterday. I was meditating. I've been meditating on it for two days. My brother insisted. It's so incredible things that in the word about this life. The life to come in heaven. It's all in his word. It is all there. He's got to show it to us. And you marvel and you praise him and you thank him. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. He is good and his love endures forever. My brother and my sister, I asked the Lord till 10 o'clock. Two hours I will be sharing tonight. I think I've already gone over the two hours. Thank you, Lord. Because when we begin to talk about him, we rejoice. Hallelujah. And when we know he's speaking to someone, as I'm speaking, he showed me someone very hungry who is receiving the word tonight. Hallelujah. More than two people he's showing me tonight. I can see him in the spirit with the spirit open, the heart open, and receiving the word. And there's an anointing going in their heart and their life with the word right now from the Lord. Hallelujah. He's speaking directly to them to seek this that they want, they need. You know Why? The fire of God totally more in love with God. Because when God made you and I, he made us in the fire of his love. His agape love is not dead. It's alive and it is on fire. The throne of God, God is on fire. And God, I remember this brother from Argentina, Chile, was taken to sell Jesus in heaven. And he was a few, a few feet away from Jesus, Jesus was coming to him in heaven. When the Lord took him to heaven, after two, over 20 days fasting, he says he saw a bowl of fire, and the bowl of fire was coming to him. And as he's standing, looking steady at this bowl of fire, he knew that this fire was God. But as the bowl of fire is coming straight to him, walking like a person, it began to turn into the person of Jesus. Out of that fire, he turned into the person of Jesus, smiling and welcoming him to heaven. Oh, Lord, thank you, Father, for Jesus. He is the holy, pure fire of God. And he wants to change you. Well, he puts a fire in you. See, when I say that, his wickedness was so strong in him. The Bible says, my brother insisted. I say I have an encounter with God. Hallelujah. And I say I talks about his encounter with God. My brother insisted. The Bible says that in the year of the king of Syria died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high lifted up. His frame filled the temple. Above stood seraphim. One has six wind. Two have covered his face. The two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. One of them cried unto one another, Holy, holy, holy Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of the glory. And the post door moved with the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. 
Then say, all right, whoa, it's me. For I am undone. I'm a sinner is what he's saying. Because I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. For mine eye have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. This is Isaiah crying like a baby. Then flew one of the seraphim unto me, having a life call on his hand, which he has taken from the altar. Hallelujah. What altar is there? This is an, there's an altar in heaven, in the third heaven, in the throne of God. I've been in an altar. I've seen that altar of God. It's burning continuously in the throne of God. Hallelujah. The life call the seraphim takes now. He has to Isaiah now. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this I touched my light lips. Thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin is purged. <laughs> I asked the Lord to have one of his seraphim touch me, one of his gold. The seraphim came and touched me, and I was turned on fire that, that night, I asked. I can feel the fire. This that I say I felt, I felt it all over my body. I read this. I believe it. And I pray it, that the Lord will have a seraphim touch me with one of these calls. And in the moment that seraphim came, the Lord allowed me to experience this. Touch me. I was on fire. I was on fire immediately. Oh, I felt what I say I felt. The pure fire from the call from the altar of the Lord in heaven. I seen it in the throne of God. A seraphim, my brother insisted. Hallelujah. This was not taught by, to me in church or anywhere else, but only by the Lord Jesus that revealed this to me. I also heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom should I send and who will go for us? Then say, I, Here I am, send me. He's the Lord, oh God Almighty, who has to be sent. But he's also asking us who will be touched by this fire from the cold from the altar of Father, that we will be clean to be sent out to evangelize in the revival in the last days that will end. We've been elected, selected for this. Brother and sister, why there's only a few of you and a few of us listening? Because this message tonight is only for a few of us that will be used in the revival. Thank you, Lord. Verse 9, and he says, Go, tell these people, Hear ye of thee, but understand I and ye, see, ye and deep are perceived not. Make the heart of these people fat. Make the ear happy. Shut their eyes, lest they see what their eyes hear, what they hear. And understand what their heart and convert and be healed. Because once you hear the Lord, once you open your heart to the Lord, once you are converted, you are going to be healed because of this part. Part of the plan of salvation of God. Then say, I, Lord, how long? And he answered to the city, be wasted without a heaven and without a man. And the land be utterly desolated. You hear that judgment must come in order for the greater of God to come. Because God knows how sinful people have become. But our new elected selected will be a fire for the Lord. And the Lord have moved men far away. There'll be a great forsakening in the midst of the land. 
This is for the last days, my brother and sister. This prophecy here was for the past. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Every prophecy of the word is on him. This was on him in the past. It's on him in the present. It's on him in the future. This is talking to us of the days to come. But ye and all shall be attend, and shall return and shall be eaten. Tell three, the oak, these substance, those substance. It is in them when they cast their leaf, for the holy seed shall be sustained thereof. We are the substance. We will be the one be used by God in the days to come for many lives to be saved. My brother and sister, the calling is from God unto our lives. My brother and sister, we must be ready. We must be up on our Father's business. Being here listening, receiving the word and running with the word. Don't think still. Go to fasting. Go to prayer. Go to the Lord for more. Lord, I want more. I hope my brother always says, but I want more, Lord. Don't think still. Seek for more from him. And as he brings you in for more, he'll reveal himself more to you through his word and revelation that I cannot even tell you. I cannot even explain to you the way the Lord will reveal himself to you. Because he can do it in so many ways. He can speak to you and I in so many ways and reveals to us in so many ways. You just got to seek him. And I passed that so many years. Sometimes we sit in our mind the way we want God to come to us. And he doesn't come to us the way we want. He comes to us the way he wants. This brother was taken to heaven he was expecting Jesus to come as a person to him, but the Lord came to him as a wall of fire, as a, uh, a fire, a bow of fire, burning continuously, because that's what he is. That's one of his nature, one of his revelations to, to him. And he didn't expect the Lord to come this way, but that's the way the Lord wanted to come to him. He will come to you if you seek him in a way you do not expect him to. But it will bless your life. It will change your life. It will transform your life. You will not be the same. The reason why I speak a different language than what my family, own family speak, is because the Lord came to me, revealed himself to me, and changed me in a way that my older sister said, I highly recognize you. I can see you're different than what you used to be. She says to me, standing in front of me, she knew I had an encounter with God. Because even my look, like Moses, when he went up to the mountain, when he came back down, he was different. You can tell that Moses was different. When I had an encounter with the Lord, my sister saw me after she had not seen me for years. She could not recognize me. Different I was. I was speaking different, looking different. Everything was different about my life than what I used to be before. The Lord will change us for his glory. And he will do this with anyone. doesn't matter who it is. He sent me to the prisons. I brought this message to them. They grabbed the word and went to the Lord, and their life was changed. Their sentence was reduced. And some of the sentence among them was 
eliminated. The judge hallelujah, threw away their cases right there in front of them. Some of them, the Lord helped me say to them, some of your cases will be thrown away by the court. And when they had a court coming up right away, the word was between a month or two came to pass after years of teaching. But it was time for them to go into ministry. And the Lord gave me the word. And I came that day ready to deliver that word. And when they went to court, the court threw away their cases. The court, what they saw before that they were being charged with, did not see those cases anymore as they used to. They saw it as, as nothing, as nothing, and threw away the cases. These men walked away to going out to do a ministry in the community, be a minister, pastor, leader. My brothers, because it was their time. It was their time. My brothers, some of them in the court apologized to them. I'm sorry for this. I don't know how you were in jail for all this year for this. But they were in there for training. God used a system to bring them into prison so they will learn about the Lord because God had a plan with them. They will submit to fasting and prayer and the word. And God changed them. And when the time came, their case of God had been thrown away. My brother and sister, so incredible. God, show me a verse in Isaiah for them that God would take them out of the prison and, and eliminate their cases. And he did. I shared the word. The Lord spoke to me and gave them this word. I gave them the word and it came to pass. This man was hugging me as they were living in the prison forever. My brother and sister. And of course, you know, we had tears in our eyes. We love each other. You know, some of our three years, four years, five years, some of our other ones together almost. And it was so difficult to have those brothers in Bible study every week and to see them gone. But see them gone, but we knew that they were going to do now the ministry that God had called them to. Jesus spent three and a half years, my brother and sister, with his disciple. And the disciple, Jesus said in Matthew, I believe it was 23, that the word had cleansed them already, that he had given them. And when they go out to do ministry in Matthew 24, Matthew 23 is, Matthew 22 is for the bride. Matthew 23 is to rebuke the Pharisee and Christ. Matthew 24 is, is the prophetic for the end time. Now this is the end. Now the disciples know this is the end. Actually, Jesus took them to the temple in Matthew 24. And he says, you see all this temple? He says that nothing will be left. That when the Romans will invade Israel, the temple will be destroyed. So Jesus was saying goodbye in Matthew 24. Because after Matthew 24, came Matthew 25, the parable of the ten virgins. Then Matthew 26, I believe, when the Lord began to get arrested. But it was Gethsemane and then being arrested. Marvel insisted. And Matthew 27, all that, he's going to prison. And then Matthew, around there, Matthew 27, 28, he's being crucified. You know, then the resurrection. Then he spent 40 days, 49, Acts chapter 1, when Jesus gets said goodbye to them. My brother and sister, they didn't have much time with the Lord. Three and a half a year ministry, they were apostles. He declared them apostles already for the, for the ministry. And that's why Peter, 
Acts chapter 2 stands with the 12 as apostles, and the power of the Holy Spirit began to evangelize. 3,000 became saved. It began the great movement, and that's what ministry is about. You're here to learn, you're here to be prepared, and then you're here to be used by God. God has a greater plan. God has a greater purpose. We just need to now come to the fulfillment of the last days. The Lord spoke to me the other day. My ministry is over. I know the day is coming when I will not be in the air anymore because the last thing will be revival and then we are going home. But there's going to be a judgment, though, that will point to everything we've been talked about. And then the Lord said he's pulling me out of ministry to do what he wants us to do. We're getting ready for the last. We're getting ready for the greatest. Um, there's, there's quite a few. Um, quite a few. Uh, I just want to say hi again to Gene um, and his trees and um, Fred. Um, um, thank you for everything you do. Um, Linda, we appreciate it. I mean, the list goes on and on. Carol, I hope you're doing okay, and I hope your husband is okay. So I know he's been struggling. So um, I'm going to let you now go, and um, if you want to talk about um, who we want to ask for prayer for before we sign up. Yes, I, I just had a few people. Sure. Um, my friend Timothy, of course, that uh, has depression. Um, uh, Patty, she was having an issue. Uh, my mom in the nursing home. Of course, Brother Dan, who's still suffering. Yes. Horribly. Yeah. And um, my son, Joseph. Uh, who's in jail, a lot of you guys know that, with a DUI, he has bipolar disorder, but he's actually doing really good in jail. If he wasn't in jail, I hate to say this, he probably wouldn't be here now. Yeah, with all these drugs and all these new things going on. Yeah, I agree. So I know he's safe there. When I go to sleep, I have peace. I know where he is. And he said to me he gained 40 pounds, and he looks great. Wow. Thanks, God. He gained the weight I lost. <laughs> yes. All right, I think that's it then, right? We thank everybody who wanted to. We said hello. Um, we miss yes. a lot. Um, um, Anna, um, we want to say hello to you um, in, across the pond in England. I know there's so many people, and I just, you know, I should write a list down to, to mention their names. And yeah, we appreciate it. Then I forget where I put it. <laughs> you know, um, I yeah, I know. I, I get it. But I'm gonna, we're going to sign off now and try to get this uploaded. And like Barbara said, um, you like us on where? On here and share us on uh, Facebook? Like, yeah, like and share on YouTube because um, right. Facebook isn't sharing it and we're uh, not getting any viewers from there because we're down low in the um, the feed. And I don't know why because I, I wasn't in Facebook jail and I didn't do anything wrong. So no, I don't they don't want to hear this. All right, no. let me go and you're going to need to send me a title or tell me what the title is. So I'm going to try to upload this, okay? Yes, okay. Okay, I'm going to sign off here. Today is Friday, June 2nd. I received this word at about 3.56 p.m. this afternoon. It's a word from the Lord, uh, specifically um, emphasizing the people of America. Um, I encourage you always to test the spirits. Always take it back to the Lord in prayer Take it back to his word, meditate on the scripture, and let him speak to you there. This is what the Lord said. America, your time has come. I have been patient. I have given many warnings telling you to turn to me and 
and live. Your wickedness has reached great proportions. Some of you have no idea the level of evil that is prevalent in the land, but I see it. I know. I have drawn a measuring line, and many of you are found wanting. Many of you who claim to know me know me not. You have a form of godliness, but deny its power. Many of you have become like the idols you worship, lifeless. Foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Your rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Shall I continue to look on while you defile my temple with your abomination? Many of you do not worship me in spirit and in truth. Your praises are empty, hollow like the gods you serve, the ones with no life and no breath in them, the ones that if I sent a strong wind would blow over, Are you so foolish to think that a statue can protect you? I am God and there is no other. Where is there a God like me? I know not one. Those who deny me on the earth, I will deny before my Father in heaven. Many of you denounce me and then worship the things I commanded to appear. I formed them out of nothing, and that's what you place your faith in. What fools! I sacrificed my life to save you from the judgment to come. Today I set before you life and death. Oh, that you would choose life. Why do you weary yourselves with your endless counsel? You have become double-minded and unstable in all your ways, tossed like the waves of the sea by every doctrine your itching ears want to hear. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their allegiance is to themselves. They have decided to become their own gods. Who ever heard of such a thing? You are powerless without me. Apart from me, what can you do? Which one of you can turn back my hand when I raise it to strike? You have defied the one true living God. I am he and there is no other. Wrath shall fall upon your houses. I will blow away all your possessions with a fierce wind. I will batter your homes with wind and rain caving in the foundations. I will bring scarcity upon the land like never seen before. I will cut off your water supply. What was once a great nation under my protection will be torn apart like a lion tears apart his prey. I will devastate this nation. I will topple its economy. Many of you will be carried away as slaves. Many of you will die by the sword and by pestilence. I will bring diseases upon you, things you have not known. You will curse me in your hunger. Many of you will reject me still, but some of you will cry out in your desperation, and I will hear from heaven and I will be found by you. I will answer your cry and deliver you from your slavery. You shall be my son, and I will be your God. But some of you have not bowed down to Baal. Some of you refuse to compromise. Some of you bear fruit worthy of repentance. Those of you who have been washed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed and set apart for a time such as this, Those of you who heed my greatest command and put no other gods before me. 
you shall want for nothing. I will be your endless supply. Your steps will be ordered by me. I will keep you safe from danger. Many of you will relocate. I will bring you into lands you have not known where you will testify to those who do not know me that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Many souls will be saved by your confession and by my spirit working within you. I will break language barriers on your behalf. I will give you a word and you shall speak it. Many will turn to me and live. But as for you, America, the judgment, my decision is final. You shall fall with a mighty crash and never rise again. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the great I am, the beginning and the end. I have spoken and it shall come to pass. It shall not tarry. Wait for it. Okay, so in this video, I'm going to be sharing with you all a dream that um, God gave me a couple of nights ago about the three days of darkness. And uh, in this dream, I was in this house and these two people were trying to come into my house. Um, it seemed like they were trying to do a break and enter, you know, they, they were trying to steal from my house or, you know, do something. And God spoke to me that during the three days of darkness, there will be all lawlessness. So in this dream, they kept trying to enter into my home and I kept locking my doors and they were not allowed to get into it. And then God spoke to me and said that my people will be protected during the three days of darkness if they stay inside of their home. So, um, what he revealed to me was about Babylon because in this dream I kept speaking and it, it seemed as if I was, um, my language was being slurred and I could not even understand what the other lady was saying to me that was outside my door and I said what do you want and she said she replied and said spacecraft and I said that made no sense <laughs> so I was assuming that she was trying to come inside of the house because she was telling me that there were I guess spacecrafts or aliens or something like that but I didn't listen to her because I knew she was trying to break and enter into my home so yeah, God spoke to me. This is this is about Babylon being destroyed. Um, so I'm gonna go to a, a Bible verse here. So during the three days of darkness, you do not want to leave your house. Um, this is before the coming of the Lord. So uh, He gave me like the words to speak to y'all, but my phone died. So I'm just gonna let the Holy Spirit use me and. Um, so God said that all vengeance will be poured out onto the earth. Um, demons will roam around the earth as the devil himself roamed the earth. And um, prepare yourselves for the coming of the Lord. Your hearts will grow faint if you do not prepare yourselves because you will witness many things that... Um, you will witness things that will not come near you. So... He gave me a reference to Psalm 91, 
that you will be protected because you are God's people. But during this three days of darkness, you need to prepare yourselves for what you're going to witness. Um, so, yeah, it's really important to just stay in your house during this time. Um, so then we got, I'm going to Isaiah 26:20, and this says, Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity, and the earth also shall disclose her, her blood, and shall no more cover her sling. And then I'm going to, um, and then I'm going to Joel. So, uh, a lot of people ask me this question, like, when is the darkness going to happen? And it's going to be right before Jesus returns. Um, so I'm going to Joel. Joel 2, 2.31. I'll leave the scripture references below. And this says, The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. So, yeah, um, we need to prepare ourselves, um, even the elect. Um, this is mainly the reason that God has been allowing us to go through a lot of warfare, is because we're going to need strength during these times. So I hope that this informed you. Um, God bless. I'm here to tell you that the horrendous problem that's going to come in World War III, and this COVID thing is going to keep you occupied and dodging things until it comes, and it's going to blindside you. You're not going to see it coming. But it's going to be horrendous. It's going to start with a nuclear preemptive strike against U.S. military bases and missile forces. Because of PDD-60, Presidential Decision Directive 60, which was signed in 1997 by President Bill Clinton, completely revamped our nuclear posture from the Reagan Doctrine, which was to launch on warning and prepare to win a nuclear war, to absorbing a nuclear first strike, and then retaliate afterwards. And General Butch Neal of the Marine Corps said, retaliate with what? If you absorb a nuclear first strike, all of our military bases are gone. All our missile bases are gone. And Bill Clinton in that same year, 1997, made a promise to the Russians to keep 50% of our ballistic missile submarines in port at any one time. There's two ports, Kings Bay, Georgia, and Bangor, Washington, in the Seattle area. So that they could be more easily targeted as a gesture of goodwill that we aren't a threat to Russia. Just suicidal. So this is a very serious situation, but it's going to, this war is going to be preceded by an EMP strike. Only Russia and China have the ability to throw an EMP strike. And after the attack, Babylon is left silent and in darkness. Sit thou silent, and get thee into darkness, for thou shalt no more be called the Lady of Kingdoms.
must know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Greetings in the most perfect, exalted, majestic name above every name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And welcome to another End Times for the Believers Bible Prophecy Update. I am reading from Isaiah chapter 13, beginning in the first verse. The burden of Babylon, which Isaiah the son of Amos did see. He saw it. He saw the future. Verse 5. They come from a far country, from the end of heaven. Even the Lord and the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole land. Verse 6. How ye... For the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as a destruction from the Almighty. We are witnessing the unraveling of our United States of America, our Constitution, one amendment at a time, one statute at a time, being torn asunder before our very own eyes. And the question remains, what will be the climactic event that will take the USA off of the stage of these last times, at least as a prominent player? What will be the event that makes that happen? And the second question we are going to explore hypothetically is this, why is it that the United States of America is not mentioned in Bible prophecy, or is it? First, will you join with me for a moment of prayer? Heavenly Father, it is with gratefulness of heart that I am able to lift up to you today's message, knowing that the people that will listen to it are loved of you in such a manner that my heart is assured you will use me regardless of my own self. You will use me for the benefit of all those who will be listening to today's message because you love each and every one. And my earnest prayer this day, Lord, is that you will minister grace and mercy. May it be multiplied in each of their hearts and minds. May the people hear a word from you, Lord, from your throne, touching their hearts. And Lord, together we will give you thanks and praise for your unspeakable gift to us, the word which was made flesh and dwelt among us. May Jesus be magnified even now. In his mighty name, I pray, we pray, amen. The burden of Babylon, which Isaiah the son of Amos did see. And so the first question is this, what will be the climactic event that will take this great nation of ours off of the stage of world prominence and dominance. 
I do believe it is implied in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, in verse 7, where our Lord gives us the Olivet Discourse, addressing the very subject matter of when shall the Lord return for the second time. For there we read in the seventh verse, For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. I believe it will be the result of war. I know and recognize that there are those who believe our nation will no longer play a dominant role on the world stage because we are imploding internally like that of Rome. But I am of the persuasion that an event that will be substantial must first unfold before this country is no longer a player in the geopolitical realm. Why is it that America is not mentioned in Bible prophecy? Once again, it may very well be because of war. Or is it that maybe America, the United States of America, is mentioned, but with a different name, and that it is hiding in plain sight? Could it be Mystery Babylon? There are so many striking similarities between the Babylon that is described in Jeremiah chapter 50 and 51, as well as the prophet Isaiah and the apostle John. So many striking similarities between the two. Why is it that it is referred to as mystery Babylon? Could it be that the prophet who saw did not recognize the nation as we see it today, the North American continent. It was foreign to him. The fact of, of a prophet or the apostle John seeing in the future and trying to describe events that he was seeing in the future in his own language is already established precedent is there. Could it be that the prophets Jeremiah and Isaiah in seeing the future did not recognize this continent and so referred to what they saw as a mystery Babylon? The other thought regarding the mystery Babylon is that of a literal Iraq. But there are certain descriptive prophetic terms that are given regarding this nation, Babylon, in the last days that are not consistent with the Babylon that was once located in Iraq and part of Iran. For example, Jeremiah chapter 51 and verse 13 tells us that this Babylon is surrounded by many waters. Not just waters, but 
many waters. The reality is that Iraq is basically a desert land. It has a short strip of coastland and is certainly not described as a nation surrounded by many waters. Jeremiah 51 and verse 13 states there, O thou that dwellest upon many waters, abundant in treasures, thine end is come, and the measure of thy covetousness. And so we see that this nation described by the prophet as he sees it from his time looking into the future, he sees a nation that is surrounded by many waters and it is abundant in treasures and it is engaged in substantial world commerce. Take a look at this. We read that Babylon is held as a queen among the nations, the lady among kingdoms. Babylon reigneth, the scripture tells us, over the kings of the earth. It is the praise of the entire earth, the queen city. And might I say that is striking in itself. Where we have we heard before about a queen city? How about New York City? It is an astonishment, the Bible tells us, among the nations. The prophet says that if something were to happen to Babylon, the worldwide trade would virtually stop. The merchants of the earth would weep and mourn over her because no one can buy their merchandise anymore. It is clearly a wealthy nation, and the United States is undoubtedly the wealthiest nation per capita for our size. Second to none, Revelation 18 and verse 17 tells, refers to it as having such great wealth. We also read from the prophet's words, Jeremiah 50 and verse 23, that this nation that is represented as Mystery Babylon in the last days is a military powerhouse the number one military of the world. And we are that number one military. We are the only superpower, even though there have been such terrible decisions and choices made which reflect poorly upon our nation in terms of its strategic abilities and military might. The reality is we still remain the world's only superpower. Jeremiah refers to the mystery Babylon as the hammer of the whole earth. In verse 23 of Jeremiah chapter 50, we read, How is the hammer of the whole earth cut asunder and broken? How is Babylon become a desolation among the nations? Jeremiah also sees this mystery Babylon as being a daughter and implies that the mother of this nation is England itself. Jeremiah 50 and verse 12, we read, listen to your mother, 
your mother will be greatly ashamed. She who gave you birth will be humiliated. Behold, she will be the, and in the New King James Version, the word there is least or youngest of the nations. Jeremiah 50 and verse 12. And so we see that this nation, this this mystery Babylon is the product of another. And that, again, does not imply literal Iraq. In Revelation chapter 17, we read how that this nation sits on top of water. Reading in verse 1 of Revelation chapter 17, And there came one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. She has a golden cup in her hand and a crown with seven rays upon her head. Do we not find that interesting? that the very Statute of Liberty has in its crown seven rays, seven points, which speak of authority. And Revelation speaks of that very same thing, having seven crowns. The United Nations, and it states there, it reigns over all the kings of the earth. And we know that the United Nations, resting and sitting in New York City, is literally reigning over all the nations of the world, situated once again in the Queen City. Why does the prophet refer to Babylon as the horror of Babylon? Revelation chapter 17, verse 1, And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither. I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon, there it is, many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. That is, once again, a clue that could very well point to this nation's primary symbol, which is the Statue of Liberty. The sculptor that originated the Statue of Liberty, his name is Auguste Bertoldi. And he, as a mason, in a great Masonic lodge in Paris, before the beginning of the Statue of Liberty, was seeking a commission so that he could make a great statue of the goddess Ishtar and that that goddess which was to construct was a statue that was also a goddess that was adopted by early Rome but they changed the name of Ishtar to Libertas and in Latin that means liberty so, in essence, that statue of Ishtar, which was then named by Rome as Libertas, was actually a statue of liberty. 
And is it unreasonable to think that that represents the nation which is responsible for at least 65% of all the pornography that is communicated around the world? Not to mention the fact that we as a nation lead the way in sexual liberties and freedoms and, and perversions. These things cannot be denied. And thus we see the statute of libertas, liberty, with seven rays on that water, our symbol, and that symbol representing a nation that has been guilty of spiritual fornication. The statute of Istar was the patron mother of the temple priestess and priest. She was the mother of what we would refer to as prostitution. And again, Ishtar was seen by early Christians as the prostitute, the horror of Babylon. And indeed, it is a fitting symbolism of a nation that has the credentials that we sadly as a nation have. There are many, many comparisons, similarities that we can draw, time does not permit, regarding the similarity of the mystery Babylon that is given to us prophetically with the characteristics of our nation. As a matter of fact, not too long ago, we shared a couple of our messages on the question, is America Babylon? But today I want to go on beyond the fact of whether or not America, USA, is Mystery Babylon. And I want us to look for a few minutes and what transpires in the last days regarding this nation. In Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 3, we read, For out of the north there cometh up a nation against her, which shall make her land desolate, and none shall dwell therein. So we see that this nation will be attacked out of the north. A nation has come against her out of the north, Jeremiah is saying in chapter 50 and verse 3. In Jeremiah 51 and verse 48, once again, for the destroyers will come to her from the north. Isaiah 13 and verse 5 speaks about the destruction of Babylon. Verse 5, they come from a far country, from the end of heaven, even the Lord and the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole land. I want you to pay attention to the description of the weapon. It is the weapon of God's indignation. It is a weapon that is capable of destroying the entire land. And in verse 25 of Jeremiah 50, The Lord hath opened his armory and hath brought forth the weapons of his indignation. Weapons of his indignation. It is a special weapon that the prophet is speaking about, or should I say prophets. It is a weapon capable 
of destroying an entire nation or continent in one hour. What can we imagine or envision capable of doing that? It is an EMP, an electric magnetic pulse, something that if exploded above our atmosphere could literally put out our grid and cause this nation to go back into medieval times. It is a weapon that could easily be delivered through a new developed system that Russia has created. It is a supersonic missile. And take a look at this. Russia has introduced a new missile system that could be impossible to defend against. The first regiment of avant-garde hypersonic missiles are now in service. And according to President Vladimir Putin, they can travel more than 20 times the speed of sound. Dominic Valaitis is covering this story for us in London. Dominic, what more can you tell us about these new weapons? They are very fast. We're told, as you say, they can travel at 20 times the speed of sound. They can be mounted on top of an ICBM and can carry nuclear weapons of up to two megatons. But that's just part of the story, Jennifer, as well as being able to travel uh, at incredible speeds. The avant-garde so-called glide system that means it's also highly maneuverable. It can make sharp turns and take unpredictable courses on the way to its target, uh, making it more difficult to intercept. And this is perhaps its big selling point and the quality that makes it really quite worrying. In effect, um, it is a new kind of intercontinental missile system that at the very least is difficult to defend against. I'm here to tell you that the horrendous problem that's going to come in World War III and this COVID thing is going to keep you occupied and dodging things until it comes and it's going to blindside you. You're not going to see it coming. But it's going to be horrendous. It's going to start with a nuclear preemptive strike against U.S. military bases and missile forces because of PDD-60. Presidential Decision Directive 60, which was signed in 1997 by President Bill Clinton, completely revamped our nuclear posture from the Reagan doctrine, which was to launch on warning and prepare to win a nuclear war, to absorbing a nuclear first strike, and then retaliate afterwards. And General Butch Neal of the Marine Corps said, retaliate with what? If you absorb a nuclear first strike, all of our military bases are gone. All our missile bases are gone. And Bill Clinton in that same year, 1997, made a promise to the Russians to keep 50% of our ballistic missile submarines in port at any one time. There's two ports, Kings Bay, Georgia, and Bangor, Washington, in the Seattle area. So that they could be more easily targeted as a gesture of goodwill that we aren't a threat to Russia. Just suicidal. Now, PDD-60 is still in force, but it's interesting. They're all talking about Biden doing a new nuclear power deal and revising things, and that's why I wanted to know if they knew that PDD-60. But here's what I think happened. No, they have purposely let everyone forget about PDD-60. They have not briefed our military generals at all about uh, uh, PDD-60. So this is a very serious situation, but it's going to, this war is going to be preceded by an EMP strike. Only Russia and China 
have the ability to throw an EMP strike because it takes at least two or three super EMP weapons, and it takes about eight or nine regular EMP weapons. These are exploded at high altitudes so that it gives out a radiation, uh, electromagnetic radiation that hits the power lines, and it sends a huge thousand-volt surge down the power lines, hits your panel, and then fries everything connected to the, to the Internet. Fries it all. Without any electricity, there'll be massive pillaging and refugee flows in, out of every major city because the food will be gone within three days. This weapon will hit our nation and will literally destroy all of our defenses. In Jeremiah 50 and verse 9, we hear, we see again the delivery system. For lo, I will raise and cause to come up against Babylon an assembly of great nations from the north country, and they shall set themselves in array against her. From thence she shall be taken. Their arrows shall be as of a mighty expert man. None shall return in vain. The arrows. In verse 14 of Jeremiah chapter 50, Put yourselves in array against Babylon round about. All ye that bend the bow, shoot at her. Spare no arrows. We could easily insert missiles. And again in Jeremiah 51 and verse 11. Make bright the arrows. Gather the shields. The Lord hath raised up the spirit of the kings of the Medes. For his device is against Babylon to destroy it. Because it is the vengeance of the Lord, the vengeance of his temple. And so we see that the hammer of the Lord, the most powerful nation in all of world history, is cut down. And Jeremiah chapter 51, we read there, Suddenly Babylon has fallen and has been broken. That's Jeremiah 51 and verse 8. Revelation chapter 18, verses 10 through 12, we read there, Standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment. I have no difficulty in envisioning New York City as a major port of commerce, being that very place that is being witnessed by all these merchants, these cargo ships, which see the devastation of the weapon that was employed, the weapon of God's indignation. Now, I am going to bring your attention to the 47th chapter of Isaiah, verse 5, because it is this passage that blows my mind and that has caused me to really look at this end result, end days results or destruction of mystery Babylon in a little different of a, should I say, more confirmed light. In verse 5, we see chapter 47, Isaiah, sit thou silent and get thee into Darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called the Lady of Kingdoms. What is the prophet saying there? Sit thou silent 
and get thee into darkness. What is the impact of an EMP delivered through a supersonic missile? It comes unexpectedly, suddenly, and it will put this nation in total, complete darkness. The sounds, the music, everything that is operated by power is gone. The lights go off, and everything that is essential for our survival is wiped out. And so, what do we see there again? The prophet is speaking in behalf of the Lord. Sit thou silent and get thee into darkness, O daughter of the Chaldeans. For thou shalt no more be called the Lady of Kingdoms. Look at this. This is what the prophets say about the great enemy of Babylon. For out of the north there cometh up a nation against her, which shall make her land desolate. They come from a far country, from the end of heaven, and the weapons of his indignation to destroy the whole land. Remember which country the prophet said was from the north? The same country that Ezekiel said will lead a great alliance of nations to the borders of Israel? If war happens, the United States must be the first target. That is why the prophets foretell that at the start of this war, Russia will unexpectedly use a very special weapon, the weapon of indignation, against the whole territory of the U.S., a weapon like which the world has never seen. The Holy Book shows how Babylon will feel the fury of this terrible weapon. This weapon will hit our entire country and all our defenses will be in vain. Though Babylon should mount up to heaven, and though she should fortify the height of her strength, yet the spoilers come unto her. This weapon paralyzes our military and leaves it almost defenseless. How is the hammer of the whole earth cut asunder and broken? The mighty men of Babylon have forborne to fight. Their might hath failed. The broad walls of Babylon shall be utterly broken, and her high gates shall be burned with fire. She hath given her hand. Her foundations are fallen. Her walls are thrown down. Because the spoiler is come upon her, even upon Babylon, and her mighty men are taken, every one of their bows is broken. And after the attack, Babylon is left silent and in darkness. Sit thou silent, and get thee into darkness, for thou shalt no more be called the Lady of Kingdoms. Wow. So powerful. Jeremiah speaks on target in the 50th chapter, verse 23. How is the hammer of the whole earth cut asunder and broken? How is Babylon become a desolation among the nations? And so, and after the attack, Babylon is in silence and in darkness. This is not an event that has ever taken place in world history. Never has a city or a continent been described as suffering such havoc in one hour in this manner. The EMP blast 
has been studied, and as a matter of fact, there has been commissions given by the United States to assess the threats of EMP or electromagnetic pulse attacks. And uh, I'm placing in the description box a link where you can research on your own the devastation that will result once the power grid goes down. And so, in closing, it is scary what awaits those who have not prepared their hearts before the Lord. And it is nothing compared to scariness of hell and the fire of hell that is eternal, a place where Jesus spoke more about than heaven itself. And so we ask the question, why do we talk about these things when they are so disturbing? It's because the Lord loves us too much. He wants us to do everything conceivably possible within our own power to be removed from these cataclysmic events. And there is nothing that is more important to be removed from than hell itself. Jeremiah chapter 50 and verse 46. At the noise of the taking of Babylon, the earth is moved and the cry is heard among the nations. I'm referring to that passage because I believe it reflects a legitimate reason why I'm of the persuasion we will not be here during this event. And that is because Jesus said the rapture would take place like in the days of Noah. They were eating, drinking, given in marriage until Noah entered into the ark and then the flood came. In other words, until Noah entered into the ark, business was as usual. There were things going on in the world that were typical and again, uh, in, as it was in the days of Lot, Lot was first taken out, business as usual. And Jeremiah 50 and verse 46, which I just quote, tells us that at the taking of Babylon, the whole earth is moved and the cry is heard among the nations. The shout, the scream, the impact of what is going to transpire in this exchange of God's special weapon, this weapon of his indignation, and what it will cause in the world, it is not going to be business as usual. And so I just ask the Lord, Lord, what can I share as the Lord knows my heart's desire, and I believe it has been formed by him, is that each week as we present some very difficult, challenging scriptural references of end-time events, that there would be a compensating grace. You know, the Bible tells us God is always there to compensate, to give us grace in times of trouble. In fact, he says that, that the Lord... When the enemy comes in like a flood, he raises a standard against him. 
Another passage that the Lord is very present, is a present help in the time of our trouble. So my prayer was, Lord, what can I share that will minister grace and wisdom and understanding to the people that have taken the time to listen to today's End Times for the Believers Bible Prophecy Update? And I was reminded of what the Lord spoke to my heart earlier this week. It moved me deeply, and I had forgotten until today in preparing for this message in Acts chapter 20, beginning in verse 17. So I was reading the book of Acts this week and just uh, receiving from the Lord grace as I observed the Apostle Paul and his his missionary endeavors. And we see in Acts chapter 20 where Paul is now ready to go to Rome. And he calls the elders of the Ephesian elders to bid them farewell and to give them final instructions. And I'm going to read starting in the 17th verse. And I pray that the word of the Lord will just touch your heart as it touched mine. 17, and from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus, that is Paul, and called the elders of the church, verse 18. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, you know from the first day that I came into Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. Verse 20, And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 22, And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Save this, verse 23, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. In other words, Paul was communicating to them what the Lord made real to his heart, that he had nothing waiting for him but imprisonments and afflictions. And so the Lord wanted him to know in verse 24, and here is what moved my heart. And I pray you will receive this as it is so essential in these closing days, just prior to the rapture. He went on to say, verse 24, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. None of these things move me, he said. Realizing that there awaits nothing but suffering ahead for me, it doesn't move me. And there is a reason why it doesn't move him. Because he does not count his life as dear to him. He, represent, he recognized that his life was hid in Christ. He was living the life of Christ by faith and recognizing that his old man, the fleshly carnal nature, was no longer 
an issue. And he said that the reason why these things did not move him is because he wanted to finish his course with joy. He wanted to finish his course with joy. My prayer for each of you is that God will give you the grace and me to enable us to be able to not hold our lives as dear to us, but rather that we might hold to the position that soon our life will be manifest. That as John the Apostle said in 1 John, it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know this, that when we see him, we will be like him. We are about to be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. So it really doesn't matter what we will be going through in these last days. Now, does that mean that we are to look forward to what Paul said with sufferings on every corner? I don't believe so. Paul had a special calling, a special ministry, and in one place he said that he was part of filling up the sufferings of Christ by faith because Christ was suffering in him, through him. But I do believe in the principle that is implied there, and that is that we do not need to hold our our lives dear to us, but rather we can deny ourselves by faith and recognize that we have a course to finish and we can finish it with joy. I've shared some heavy-duty things today and if indeed Babylon is representative of the United States of America, well, it is not something to take lightly. And for those of you who are born again, you are safe. You are safe. But for those of you who are not, as it has been our privileged custom, at the end of each message, we want to extend the lifeline. want to give you an opportunity, whosoever you are, if you are not ready, to get ready, to receive the Lord and his unspeakable gift, which is so full of glory, and that is Christ in you, the hope of glory. In other words, you must be born again. You must receive the Holy Spirit of God into your heart and become a new man or a new woman, a new creature in Christ. And there is but only one way to do that. And that is by confessing the Lord Jesus with your mouth and believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead, believing that his atonement was sufficient in order to pay the penalty of your sins. And so if you are wanting to get ready, and we don't know how much time we have left. Time is short, so very short. If you want to get ready right now, you may be in your home, you may be driving. Wherever you are, take a moment and pray this prayer. It's a simple prayer, but if you mean it, it is the most profound prayer that you will ever pray not only in this life, but even based upon eternity. There are many signs that 
God has given to us that are happening and unfolding before our eyes today. But transhumanism is a sign that brings us to the crossroads of time. So what do you think about going from human 1.0 to human 2.0? Has something to do with transhumanism, taking humans as we know ourselves and melding with artificial intelligence? We humans should get used to the idea that we are no longer mysterious souls. We are now hackable animals. We've got something that can alter our genome. Making humanity 2.0 that is suddenly abandoning its ape-like behavior for an adult enlightened behavior that where the genes are not enhanced by mutation, but they enhanced virtually by what we think we should be doing on the planet. Now in the past, many tyrants and governments wanted to do it, but nobody understood biology well enough. Think about it. You are self-replicating machinery, now for the first time, able to change its fate. Like a roboter that can self-code, singularity. If they're altering the genome, this is a synthetic piece of DNA or RNA, okay? And if it becomes taken up into the genome of a human, it's synthetic, it's not from nature. And if you look at the Supreme Court justice ruling on synthetic DNA or genes, it can be patented, and patents have owners. So what does that mean for us? What if this gets into our genome? Does that mean the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation or the Department of Defense, all of these people who are involved in the patents, or are they somehow going to own part of our genome? You are the first generation that can change the fate of humankind by changing what humankind means. Surveillance under the skin is maybe the most important development of the 21st century is this ability to hack human beings. Is this ability to hack human beings. Here today's Bible prophecy update. I cannot help but to reflect upon the fact that it may very well be our last Bible prophecy update. And that not out of any giving up or quitting on our part, but the reality is in just two short days from now, the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, will be celebrated. And if ever there was a time when the alert for the rapture was so high and is so high, it's this coming Feast of Trumpets. And so I hope that you are excited about this time. And truthfully, if this is our last Bible prophecy update, because of the interruption of the harpazo, then amen. Let it rip, Lord Jesus. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven, the wise man declared. Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 1. In chapter 3, verse 17, for there is a time, therefore every purpose and for every work. And in the eighth chapter, verse six, because to every purpose there is time and judgment. But most fitting for today's message is the three verse one, 
to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. We know according to scripture that time was not always in existence. As a matter of fact, God created time and we see its initial entrance into the economy of God in Genesis chapter 1 verses 3 through 5. And God said, let there be light and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And God called the light day. And the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. He created time in order to accommodate a period by which he would build a kingdom for his dear son. And for those who would become bone of his bone, and flesh of his flesh. He needed a epoch, a block of time, so that redeeming love might become incarnate, that he might complete that affectionate old redemption story. Daniel prophesied that there would also come a time when knowledge would increase. And we understand today, statistically speaking, that every 13 months approximately, knowledge doubles. And reading from an article from the industry tap written by David Schilling, the host went on to say that not only is human knowledge on average doubling every 13 months, we are quickly on our way with the help of the Internet to the doubling of knowledge every 12 hours. Like no other period of time in history, this time of human history and of the church age is a time where knowledge noticeably increases. It would be an exponential growth of knowledge that would mark the end of time. And in a moment before we pray, I'm reading from Daniel chapter 12 which underscores there is much, I would say, prophetic material in the first three verses that I've chosen to quote them simply because they establish a prophetic timeline. But the fourth verse is the focus of today's message. But reading beginning in verse 1, And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of thy people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that same time. And at that time thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. And verse 4, But thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end. Time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. 
the end of this period of time, the last days, or the end of days. Would you join with me for prayer? Dear Heavenly Father, it is gladly so that I come to you along with your children, not in our own name, but in the righteous name of your Son. We recognize that in him we stand before you complete and whole and forgiven and in fact reflect the very righteousness of Jesus in our very beings. This is what you have done for us. Indeed, redeeming love has embraced us to the point that we are now referred to as the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you for that. And in his righteousness, we stand with confidence before you that you not only hear our prayer today, but that you promise to answer it. For we are asking of you for bread, for our daily sustenance. And Lord, you know that there are those who will be listening to today's program that are in great dire need and need a word of encouragement from you. So Lord, be who you are, a perfect loving Father who cares for us with an everlasting love. Let the anointing of the Holy Ghost, the very balm of Gilead, flow this day through this vessel of clay to the hearts and minds of your people. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And so we see from the prophet Daniel that there will be a substantial period of time which the Bible tells us will underscore the, free, the fruit of increased knowledge. And I believe that just this last week was one of those galvanizing moments when the fruit of increased knowledge was acknowledged or manifest by virtue of proclamation by none other than the president of this country, Joseph Biden, who made an announcement on September 12th, one that we made reference to last week, and so we'll not regurgitate last week's message, only to make a couple of points as they reflect upon the significance of time in which we live. And if you will recall, it was focused upon the very subject of transhumanism. Karen Kingston, a former Pfizer employee and current analyst for the pharmaceutical and medical device industries, helps us decipher what's going on in this executive order, again, which was made on the 12th last week. Kingston stated in a Twitter post, I quote, let me read between the lines for America. Biden's September 12th 2022 executive order declares that Americans must surrender all human rights that stand in the way of transhumanism. Clinical trial safety standards and informed consent will be eradicated as they stand in the way of universally unleashing gene editing technologies needed to merge humans with AI or artificial intelligence. 
So what do you think about going from human 1.0 to human 2.0? has something to do with transhumanism, taking humans, as we know ourselves, and melding with artificial intelligence. We humans should get used to the idea that we are no longer mysterious souls. We are now hackable animals. We've got something that can alter our genome. Now, in the past, many tyrants and governments wanted to do it, but nobody understood biology well enough. You know, a lot of this AI work uh, and the ultimate dream of software goes back all the way to 1950 uh, when Alan Turing uh, created the idea that uh, we should be able to match uh, human capabilities in, in many ways. If they're altering the genome, this is a synthetic piece of DNA or RNA, okay? And if it becomes taken up into the genome of a human, it's synthetic, it's not from nature. And if you look at the Supreme Court justice ruling on synthetic DNA or genes, it can be patented and patents have owners. So what does that mean for us? What if this gets into our genome? Does that mean the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation or the Department of Defense, all of these people who are involved in the patents, or are they somehow going to own part of our genome? Surveillance under the skin is maybe the most important development of the 21st century is this ability to hack human beings. Luciferase enzyme. When you get the luciferase enzyme, if you have a, an iPhone or a special app on the iPhone, you can scan over that area and it will give a digital code, a digital imprint. It also gives you an ID, a number, a barcode, a branding, whatever you want to call it, a tattoo. It's all the same thing. You now become like a product. This sign I recognize is most significant. However, let me add that this is not the ultimate sign. This is one of many, many signs. But this particular sign, I believe, is embraced in Daniel's prophecy that in the last days, knowledge shall increase. And thus, the sign of transhumanism underscores what I believe to be a reasonable assertion that there is a window of divine opportunity, that God, in placing this time constraint, bringing it into existence, puts himself in a position where certain divine prerogatives must be exercised. There are, again, many signs that God has given to us that are happening and unfolding before our eyes today. And we'll be touching on some of those signs. But transhumanism is a sign that brings us to the crossroads of time. I believe this statement and this here executive order is stamped with time itself. That it brings us to this point of time where time is winding down and I believe that the rapture of the church is so imminent and it is almost imperative that it take place soon and very soon. And I say that for several reasons, one of which is noted here in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 43. 
And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And so we see that in the last days, as it was in the times of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man, that one of the characteristics of that time is that there was gene manipulation, that man's DNA was being corrupted or manipulated by fallen angels and fallen angels technology. Now in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 16, we read the following, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. So we know that there is coming a time, and it is approaching us very, very quickly, where man will, of necessity, exercise his God-given will. It will be a volitional decision that will make him, in taking the mark of the beast, uneligible for redemption. In Revelation 13 and verse 17, we read that, And no man might buy or sell, save he that had taken the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. And so when that takes place, and those individuals choose to take the mark of the beast, and make no doubt about it, there will be coercion. But ultimately, that person will have to exercise their free will and will take the mark of the beast once again, every reason to believe that it will be something that manipulates With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.